This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today. It is Wednesday. Uh, The Buzz Adams Morning Show is uh, getting started. We'll be on the air for the next four hours. And uh, that thing that happens in the United States and almost no place else happened again. And I guess we'll probably, you know, be outraged and talk about it for a couple of days and then it will fade and, you know, become part of the background. I mean, that's the way it's done so far. Until the next one, right. I mean, you could almost plot it out hour by hour what's going to happen. There'll be a lot of pointing, finger pointing, but it nothing's going to get done. I mean, if history is any kind of indication, I mean, if they were really going to do anything uh, substantive, they would have done it after Sandy Hook, right? right? This is the most deadly school shooting since the Sandy Hook massacre. And I believe uh, the latest I saw out of Uvalde, Texas, which is about 85 miles west of San Antonio, I think the total fatality count is 21. That's including students and teachers. Oh, God. But I think what I had read was that only two of the victims out of the 21 were adults, uh, teachers. So that means 19 were elementary school kids. Uh, they're saying the ages, mostly in the 8, 9, and 10-year-old uh, range in this latest shooting. So uh, We've got all kinds of instruction from our uh, corporate managers about you know, how to handle this. So I thought, you know, eventually we'll be talking about it. We've already got a lot of people have called in, left messages for us overnight. Uh, I thought just, you know, like a cards on the table scenario, I'll, I'll let you know, like, how we're being coached to deal with a situation like this. But uh, Uvalde, uh, Texas, 19 children, two teachers killed in school shooting. It is uh, ongoing. Parents had to wait until late in the night uh, to find out if their kids were among those who, who didn't make it. No, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, elementary school kids don't have photo ID on them. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, identifying the kids who were killed, reuniting the kids that survived with their parents is, you know, probably just been a living nightmare for those parents in Uvalde, a town of about 15,000 people. Uh, Rob Elementary School was the scene of this latest school shooting and uh, we will, uh, you know, keep our, our ear to the ground and our eye on the newswire to see what the uh, most recent developments are here. Do you ever worry sometimes that one of these days, one of these school shootings is going to happen and you're just going to be so numb about it, like that it doesn't even... And you're just like, oh, you're just another like, one. Right. I mean, that yeah. would be, we, we'd really be in a sorry state if that's where we got to, where... If these things happen with such regularity, and again, only in this country, you know the rest of the civilized world thinks we're insane, right? Yeah, it's, we're the only country this yeah. happens in. The rest of other countries think that 
oh, United States might be a great place, but they've got this gigantic curse on them where these this, these tragic events that have got to be preventable uh, keep happening over and over again. I think the rest of the world thinks that, we, that we're nuts, that there's something defective with us. Uh, it should be seen as a national embarrassment on a really? global stage. Seriously. Uh, all right. Let me get a look at the uh, weather. We are going to have to talk about other stuff today. Uh, and I don't want to just, you know, bum everybody out for four hours. But this mm-hmm. obviously is the looming story that is going to dominate uh, every part of what you're reading and seeing in the news uh, today. Let's take a look at El Paso weather brought to you by Wet n Wild, Water World. Sunny today and 90 for the high temperature. Look for winds today to be, uh, you know, fairly calm, 5 to 10 miles an hour. And then starting tomorrow, we're going to see a warming trend taking us up into the 100s by the weekend. Tomorrow, sunny, 97 for your Thursday forecast. Get ready for the Memorial Day weekend. We're going to start it off with a scorcher on Friday. 102 is the predicted high temperature for uh, Friday of Memorial Day weekend. No rain in the forecast. I should probably mention that. So if you want to go out to Wet n Wild or... Play around a round of golf or catch a Chihuahua's game. It looks like the uh, weather is going to cooperate very much. Uh, near 100 for Saturday, maybe getting into the 100 Saturday, Sunday, and Monday Memorial Day. No rain in the forecast, uh, but sunny and hot. El Paso weather brought to you by Wet n Wild Water World. Right now, Wet n Wild season passes are on sale for just $59.99 plus tax. They're available at any area of Circle K. You can go into Circle K and get your season pass for Wet n Wild for just $59.99 plus tax. You can also get them online at wetandwild.com. It's going to be a hot summer. It's already a hot spring, so make your Wet n Wild plans early to get the best spot, the best deal on tickets. All this week, we are closing out the countdown to Jack White, who will perform on Friday at the County Coliseum. KLAQ welcomes Jack White's Supply Chain Issues Tour to the Coliseum this Friday. And we are going to be giving away tickets throughout the day today and throughout the day tomorrow. And who knows, we might even have some last-minute Friday tickets to give away for that show on Friday night. So be listening throughout the day you can get more information about the concert at LiveNation.com and tickets if there are any that remain for Jack White's concert on sale through Ticketmaster and at the Coliseum box office. Some of the other uh, concerts that are coming up in the near future on the schedule includes Escape the Fate. That is tomorrow, Thursday, May 26th. Escape the Fate and a free concert at Speaking Rock Entertainment Center. In June, September Morning is going to be playing June 5th at the Rock House on Montana. Jumping ahead uh, toward the end of summer. Summer still be going on, but Speaking Rock is going to have a huge lineup August 27th. This might be, uh, you know, the most exciting tour as far as it being free and so many bands playing. Papa Roach, Falling in Reverse, Hollywood Undead, and Bad Wolves. Wow. All in the lineup for that free Speaking Rock concert, August 27th. Then as we get into September, you've got Iron Maiden on the 11th at the Don Haskins Center, the Scorpions and Whitesnake, and uh, this, by the way, is David Coverdale's farewell tour with Whitesnake. Scorpions and Whitesnake, the Don Haskins Center, September 19th. And then a band that has never before played in El Paso, Greta Van Fleet, is coming yeah. to El Paso for the very first time. You can catch Greta Van Fleet November 8th at the Don Haskins Center. 
Keep listening for even more concert announcements and ticket giveaways. 95.5 KLAQ. Um, yeah, so looming like a dark cloud. Uh, you know, even as I'm going through the concert announcements, I know that we are going to have to uh, be talking about news coming out. They say that there are several uh, patients, many of them children, that are in critical condition in the hospital, so the death count uh, could tick even upwards as the day goes on. And it's not what anybody wants to wake up to in the morning. Although, you know, if you were checking your phone or watching the news yesterday, I guess we got the uh, information started coming in about this in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I was with was Buzz a, when yeah. it happened. Right. Oh, oh, no. Yeah. So Nico picks up his phone. It's like a mass shooting in, like, in, in Texas. Uh Again. Just awful. We're going to have so a lot of audio. Uh, President Biden, especially Governor, on the back of the Buffalo shooting, it's just it. It feels like too much. It's like all right, it's too much at this point. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of. Uh, there's going to be a lot of hue and cry about this for, you know, four or five days a week maybe, and then it'll get backburnered until it happens again. And then we'll just keep repeating this nightmarish cycle over and over and over again unless somebody steps up and says, we've really got to do something about this. You know, if if it were routine that every few months somebody went and on a shooting rampage at a sporting event, right? we would definitely take measures to make sure that right, we didn't can't let we this already happen. do. Last we, month, they, yeah. we already have metal detectors and you have security at every door and they check, you know, if you go with your wife or your girlfriend, they're going to check her handbag. They do that already. So they, they check, you know, people going into sporting venues. Uh, and it just seems like that's going to be part of the solution, I think, is just making it so before you, you know, some kind of perimeter around a school. And I know you're going to say, well, that's going to cost billions of dollars. Yeah, it's going to cost billions of dollars, but, but un unless... You want to keep seeing this happen. I don't think anything's going to be done with gun laws. I don't even think anything's going to be done to enforce the gun laws that are already in the book. I just don't think that the uh, the Republican side of the aisle has any willpower for that. And I, I don't want to break it down politically. I don't think all guns ought to be confiscated, but at the same time, you've got so many people who are worried. You know, the, the gun lobby puts out grade card grades, and the worst nightmare for some of these Republicans is they're going to get downgraded from an A-plus to an A if they do anything that pisses off the NRA and the gun lobby. And so they're immobile. I don't think you can count on anything coming out of... Uh, that sector of politics, and right. I don't think the Democrats have the willpower of the spine to do anything. Right. So I think it's just going to be like a nightmarish, horrible Groundhog's Day, over and over and over again. Yeah. Where we should record this show and just have it ready to play the next time that this happens, because it's just you know until something is done, mm -hmm. instead of just the same old replay that we go through all the time, this is going to keep happening. Uh, all right, so good morning. I hope uh, <laughs> your day is going well. We're only uh, about a day away from the pre-kind, and it's going to be a long <laughs> three-day weekend, so I'm just trying to keep spirits up around here. Let's check our late-night roundup. I was a little surprised. I didn't know if they were going to have a late-night roundup because all the, uh, you know, the talk shows were going mm -hmm. on were either filming right at the time the shooting or shortly after the shootings uh, were taken, the shooting was taken place in Uvalde. 
18-year-old gunman who had gone to the local high school. Again, Uvalde is a town of about 15,000 people, about an hour's drive west of uh, San Antonio. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, I had a, uh, a couple of neckline calls waiting for me when I got in today. If you want to leave a message for us, toll-free neckline is 844-805-NECK, 844-805-6325. To leave a message, if you want to call us direct and converse, or this is also the number when we give away some uh, Chihuahuas tickets later this morning. Uh, studio line is 910-4995. 915-910-4995. Every time I read that number, I think, did we try to get 4955? Five, but so they were like, no, we don't have it. Yeah, or somebody's already got it. <laughs> cause it. So right, how do you nine, feel about 99 points? Right, because it should be 955, 955 KLAQ, but instead we got 995. We got Sunny FM's <laughs> telephone number somehow. <laughs> nice. Hey, uh, be- before I take, uh, before I put on these neckline calls, I think this is kind of informative or i don't know if irony is the right word but the you know the the el paso times uh doesn't really do a late edition or they don't hold the presses like in the old days so they did have a story about the uh, shooting in uvalde but it only ran on the third the second page of the paper here do you want to hear what stories we're going to run or that did run today on the front page of the paper yeah yep a uh, $3 million grant from the federal government for the shooting trial of the Walmart suspect. So we had a call about that earlier this week. Right. So there's a front-page story. El Paso uh, District Attorney Yvonne Rosales had a press conference. Uh, oh, this goes back a year. Okay. Well, well, the news is that Rosales announced that she has secured uh, a total of $3 million in a grant to cover the prosecution cost. But somebody called and asked, you know, what's going on with the uh, the Walmart shooter? Yeah. Why haven't, why haven't they, you know, had this trial yet? And remember, his attorney said, well, I don't think it will be for a couple well, of years. Well, they've got, like, over a, over a million individual pieces of evidence. And since it's a, you know, a death-eligible case, they might give him the death penalty. Uh, Joe Spencer, by the way, is... The attorney who was appointed to the uh, Walmart massacre suspect, he says because of the sh- the requirements of the Justice Department... Of a capital federal case. Yeah, a fe- capital federal case. It's going to take them until at least 2023, but it could be even later than that. But anyway, so the lead story was a $3 million grant to prosecute the Walmart So shoot. there was a, sh- a story about the El Paso And shooter. then right below that, the second lead in the Times was El Pasoans honor victims of Buffalo shooting at vigil. So some El Pasoans had a vigil for the victims of the Buffalo shooting because that had so much in common with the Walmart shooting. Mm -hmm. And then on the second page of the paper. uh, Yeah, I think I'm probably the last person who's going to have a subscription to the print edition of the of the times like every you, I oh, you weren't saying that sarcastic by the way oh i'm gonna be like the last person no, i think you i'm really you will, really will be if the you last hear person. that rustling that's buzz's paper he gets every morning <laughs> but little by little i'm figuring out like they it must have been 
however they do the process, they couldn't get it on the front page because obviously that would lead. But they did manage to get it on the second page. So probably somebody had to stay up late at the at the Times yesterday. They had the story from you all day on the second page. But it what does it what does it inform you of that if the Evaldi shooting had not happened, we the, still would have had the two lead stories on the front page of the local paper were going to be about mass shootings. Wow. Uh, let's get to some of uh, our neckline calls and find out what people are calling about. Well, once again, another shooting with with kids. You know, it's it like it, it opens a wound again, like what happened in August third. You know, it's like I mean, how mental do you have to be to kill children? You know. It's like um, when I was hearing some of the reports, it's like some of these parents, the only way they can they, they can identify their kids is because of the clothes or what they were wearing, but their shoes they were wearing, what the, the clothes they were wearing. And that is so sad. That is so sad. You know, and like I said, now, you know, given what Abbott did this uh, constitutional carry, you know, it's like just give any, any idiot, any idiot out there, any, you can carry a gun whenever you can. They don't know the rules, you know. They, 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 it's it's ridiculous, and this is going to be an Abbott's. This is blood on his hand. This is an Abbott's uh, blood and uh, blood in his hands, you know. And and I, and I don't want to hear anybody like saying like, "Oh, we still got a second or constitutional right to care." Like right now, it's like it's that's the last thing I I'm going to hear. And I was from somebody, you know. That's all I got to say. Uh, President uh, Biden said that he's going to give Texas and Governor Abbott any of the resources that he can make available uh, to them. Yeah, this wasn't, uh, you know, a guy carrying a handgun for protection, though. This was a messed up individual. Yeah. How mental do you have to be? Well, so mental that you're, I mean, part of your plan is, oh, my life is ending today Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to. Make as many other people miserable as I can. Something about him. Like, one of the things I see a lot of the people who don't think there should even be a discussion about gun laws, what I see them say. Blame the person. Yeah, blame the individual. Well, apparently, we're always going to have crazy people. We're always going to have, you know, and does it really matter what his motivations were? No. Because there's going to be somebody else who you know, in the future is going to want to do the same thing. Are we going to be able to stop people like him who are feeling bad inside, who may be hurting? Are we going to be able to stop all those people from getting guns? That I see is probably not. We need to get tough on crime. You know, we need to be tougher on crime. This guy's dead. He was shot. You know, he didn't shoot himself, but he might've in the end. It's not like people get away with this when they go in to commit a shooting. Sandy Hook shooter, dead. Uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, prison for the rest of his life. Walmart shooter, he's not going anywhere. How do you? How do you? What's a deterrent? If the how do we stop like, all these right, people right, if it, from doing it in the first place? I mean, there's always going to be a disaffected person who wants to take out their anger on the rest of the world. Yeah, you don't think other countries have have those people? Other countries have those people. They don't have shootings, mass shootings on such a regular basis that the paper ran two stories that weren't about this one because 
they're still so top of mind and topical. Yeah, I know it's going to be hard not to um, react to the shooting that happened today in Uvalde High School, or elementary school, sorry. Um, why don't we just give it a couple of days to see all the details that come out before suggesting any changes or putting blame on anyone else other than the perpetrator. Okay, bye. Well, that's kind of the that's kind of the game plan. It seems like it's like yeah, everybody is riled up for a for a couple of weeks, and then the you know, and people out. say, oh well, let's all calm down. Let's not have any knee jerk reactions, and then it's like we somehow get collective amnesia. Like, don't point the finger at anybody other than the individual who did it, or don't. Okay, maybe finger pointing. Is don't, blame right? don't blame guns. Don't blame guns. Guns aren't the enemy here. Don't don't try and change the laws, or don't even discuss changing the laws. I mean that that caller really kind of summarizes it. Just let it cool off. You'll forget about it because we have a zero memory in this country, and then it's going to happen Until again. Rinse, again. repeat. Well, I think he right. Yeah. To play yeah. to play devil's advocate, I would say that he's he wants people to know the facts of the story before assigning any outrage or blame to things. Well, the facts are pretty obvious. There's dead, I mean, it's a fact. There's 21 dead children. It's a fact. A gun was used to do it. It's a fact. There was an angry young man who was able to purchase these guns just on his 18th birthday. When I was 18 years old, I could barely afford enough gas for my car to get to college and back. How much are those ARs? Like $1,000? Yeah. He went and bought two of them on his 18th birthday. Whatever's going on, that ought to send up a red flag. You know, you hear them talk about red flag laws, like if somebody's acting real... You know, before somebody starts squeezing the trigger, are there any signs that you might intervene or interdict that? Right. That, to me, is a red flag. You know, the fact that his social media is nothing but guns, 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 and and, and caches of ammunition, that should be a red flag. But well, don't you dare... Do background taking, checks. Doing a background check or sharing or information. periods. Uh, Ted Cruz uh, sent, sent out his T's and P's, thoughts and prayers, to the families of the victims and said that we, instead of passing uh, any kind of gun control law or background checks, we ought to secure the schools. And I think that definitely can be part of the solution. You know, making the schools more secure. Sure. Let's let's have a, a a bill given to all public schools and the funding necessary to hire an armed security guard at every single elementary school, middle school, and high school. Uh, most movie theaters on the weekend have an off-duty cop right there by the ticket taker. Have you noticed yeah. that? Wait, but I, I, all schools all have security. We're not arguing that. Not all of them do. They all have a security personnel. Well, we're not. What you're saying, what Texas uh, Ted Cruz is saying. We need more. We need armed security guards, a whole platoon of them at all of our schools to secure You know, them. or maybe magnetic locked doors that once school hours have begun, those doors are locked and it takes somebody on the other side to push a red button to let somebody in. I'm trying to think the last time, I haven't uh, had to go to school for a couple of years, so I think my daughter was in middle school. But I walked in and the office, you know, somebody from the office would will say, uh, can I help you? Yeah. You know, we've had and that's all what these every things. normal person does, but you know, if I'd have been a crazy person with a gun, 
there was nothing physically preventing. So what do you from you want a platoon of people? No. You, I, I, first well, of all, not you either first way. First of all, I'm saying, I'm saying, look, offer up solutions. Then let's talk about what's feasible. And with this much on the line, I think pretty much anything should be under consideration. You know, if that means having pinch points where, you know, the students get in, but there aren't so many different places. If I mm-hmm. wanted to go visit my alma mater high school, there are 30 different entrances mm-hmm. that I could go. And if you go to a stadium, they've got some kind of security or somebody with a metal detecting wand at 600 entrances at one of these, like at, you know, right. Arlington, at Texas Stadium. It's not Texas, it's, you know, Jerry World. Yes, yeah. There are 600 different ways to get into there, and somehow they can secure each of those. At a typical school, there might be a dozen different ways. Yeah, but there's not a, there's not a game going on every morning through afternoon. There's, a, you know. Well, I'm just saying that there are certain things. I mean, co- the courthouse is the, the constantly court- being protected. Uh, so, yeah. Part of the debate is always, well, we just need to make the schools more secure. And I think that definitely should be yeah. part of the discussion. Yeah. You know, there was a, a, a few years ago, the CDC was going to do an investigation. Some people might say, why don't we get just a bunch of smart people together and do a study of what's going on? And then they come back with recommendations on the best way to deal with it. Well, the CDC wanted to do that a few years ago. You know what happened? Hmm. They got shut down, mostly by politicians who had high ratings from the gun lobby. You know, A-plusers for the NRA. You were a they member of the, the NRA CDs. at some point, right? Yeah, I haven't paid my dues in so long. I don't guess I'm a <laughs> Except the membership I bought was called a life membership. So I think I'm technically still a member of the NRA. You know, the NRA that I joined was a lot more about gun safety and making sure you know how to clean the guns and never point it in the direction of another person. That's the, it's almost like it's, it was a different organization, uh, 30 years ago than what it's become today. But yeah. So if you're thinking we need to have some kind of big think tank, get a bunch of big brains together and have them discuss realistic and achievable ways that we could deal with this no, problem. No, I don't want now, that. No, that sounds like a gun grabber talk to me. Uh, telephone number is 910-4995. And I'm sorry, I missed the name. Is it Chris? Chris, hello. Hey, Buzz. Hey. Uh, love your show. Been listening for years. Um, since 1999 in April when the Columbine shooting happened... It's been over 20 years. We've been having these discussions for 20 years, and no one can figure anything out. Uh, we need to have, like, a serious debate about mental health, red flags, you know, everything like that, gun laws, all of them combined. And I agree with you. we got to find solutions that are feasible to protect the kids. And when you're talking about protecting kids, protecting seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds, I I don't think that any expense should be dismissed right out of hand. If they say it co- it's going to cost a trillion dollars, then I think we ought to start talking about how we're going to raise the trillion dollars. Exactly. I yeah. definitely agree with you because what these 20 elementary school kids dead, I mean, that's just outrageous. Yep. Yeah, should not happen, should never happen again, but guess what? It, you know it is. Of course yeah, it's going to happen definitely. again because we we don't have any we don't have any huevos in this country. 
to do anything about it. All right. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks, Wes. Uh, Jessica. Hi, hi, Jessica. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. It's a very sad day. It is a day that uh, I almost feel like I'm having deja vu because I've gone to work, as all of us have, on so many days after something like this happens. And it seems like it's... Yeah, it makes you sick. Yeah, it does. It makes you sick. You're right. Uh, my daughter has gone to a couple elementary schools in El Paso, and I know that there's only one way people can enter, and that's through the front door. And even through the front door, <laughs> they stop you and say, what's your business? So as far as, like, security goes, I don't know how much more other than having a guard at the front door, but I do know that... Um, all the doors are locked, and it's not how it used to be. Like, I can't even go in and have breakfast with my kids the way my mom used to come in, um, or even lunch. If I want to have lunch, I have to make an appointment. Um, but when you say somebody asks you what your business is, you're talking about, like, office staff, like one of the office ladies correct. or something, right? Correct. Yeah, but if you're there with a with with an AR-15, you shoot the office lady, and then you just keep going. I mean, that doesn't really stop somebody who's determined that they're going to you know, not they're not going to see the end of the day, and they're going to take as many victims with them as they can. Right. You know, a polite request that you state your business is not going to it's not going to do anything. No, and I mean they they don't even. I mean, if they see you with a gun, it's going to be an immediately like, hey, red flag, code blue, students hide. Jessica, you know, I, I have a quick question at, at your uh, kids' schools. Were there any armed security guards? No. Yeah. Okay. You don't. Nobody's armed. Um. Yeah, I, I think Maybe it's just too something. easy. You know, you say, "Well, the doors are locked," but yeah, people get in. You know, if you don't, if you don't want to stop well, and ask do, questions, let me know how because I want to get in to see my kids sometimes. You know. Yeah, it's um, right. They're making it so hard to get in to see the kids. It's hard for the parents to even go. Yeah, it's hard for the parents to get in. And then also, for instance, my daughter's now in middle school, and everything is almost ran kind of like a prison in the sense that all the kids are accounted for, Mm -hmm. and they all have to walk in lines. Even at lunchtime, they have designated seating areas to where they can't, you know, Mm -hmm. just freely come and go. So, you know, I think in that sense, they're they're also upping the security in that way by monitoring where all the kids are. But then you also take away their social skills. Right. So, you know, by having them sit by Joe, you know, the same kid every day or even when they go outside, they have to go outside, like literally in a group. In a group. It's not like, oh, OK, go free play. There's no free play anymore. Um, after like fourth grade, everything is like, nope, you got to stay in this circle. Don't go any further, you know. So it is like prison. They get like an hour for rec time. Don't yes. They? Yeah. It, yeah. Basically, you know, and they're all standing out there because there's no, you know, equipment out there. There's there's nothing. There's no balls. There's no jungle gyms. Yeah, I noticed that when I went to my daughter. My daughter's in a, a freshman now, but when I went to her school, it's like they don't have any thing for the kid well maybe i'm trying to remember middle school did they still have like they didn't have a swing set in middle school but they didn't have anything you know they didn't have a tether ball or anything out there no no not they don't have any they have their phones yeah Yeah. i saw all of them staring at their phones. well that's that's probably what they would want to play with most of all if you gave them a choice anyway (laughs) is their phone 
<laughs> you got kids, you know yeah. what it's like, right? <laughs> okay, thanks, but Jessica. I, I mean, I feel a little bit safer knowing that, you know, I get pissed off when I can't get into the damn school, but then at the other, on the other side of it, it's like, okay, at least I know there's a little bit safe. Mm-hmm. Right, a little bit, yeah. At least there's some care. kind of protocol going on. Right. Okay, Right. thanks very much thanks. for the call, Jessica. Mm-hmm. Uh, telephone number is nine one zero four nine nine five. The only thing I can guarantee is that we're not going to like come up with the magical solution to this problem on this show or any show. You know, any of the commentators. You don't know. Talking, yeah, we might who have knows? It. We might crack the yeah. code. All we have to do is keep talking about it. Somehow we're going to come up with we're a genius solution this. that nobody else has come up with. Yeah. All right. You know, I like an optimist, Nico. That's one of the things I like about your personality. Thanks, buddy. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about some other uh, issues just because, you know, I, I don't, as big a story as this is, it's a it's a story we've done before. You know, the the names and the places are different, but pretty the much the entire the thing plays out exactly the same way that it always does. Let's take a break. We'll come back and more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Hey, I've uh, I've got another uh, caller, but I don't know if they want to. Uh, well, I'll leave it up to them. They work. Uh, it says they work for one of the local school districts, so I don't know if you want to change your name or anything. Or, and I won't say which school district. But uh, good morning. Good morning. Do you mind using your name or? Oh, I'm fine with it. Okay, Stuart. Stuart uh, works for uh, EPISD. So, yep. you know, how far do we go currently? I, I, I assume you're calling about the shooting in Uvalde. I mean, that's just what everybody's yeah. calling about today. So so what did what do you have to say, Stuart? I was calling about, about your previous caller and some additional information. Yeah. Um, as she was saying, in, in the elementary schools right now, they have lockdown procedures. They've had it for quite a while now. And when you go to the front office, you can't actually get in the building. They actually have like a ring doorbell there that you have to ring in and you have to show ID before they can buzz you in. Oh, wow. But, you know, as for securing the schools and everything, the major problem with securing the schools is actually the design of the schools. Because students... They don't stay in one classroom. They move from classroom to classroom to classroom, which mm-hmm. could be in different, in different buildings. Oh, okay. So, you know, you can't secure the doors because the students have to go in and out, in and out. Plus, you know, fire regulations won't let you use mag locks and everything. Yeah, you can't lock them up like they're in a, you, you know, you really can't actual prison. a lot of those safety concerns. You bring up some excellent points. I want to hear what else you have to say, Stuart. You know. And, I mean, the only way, in my opinion, to secure the schools is to actually, because, I mean, right now, if they have a six-foot fence, well, anybody can hop a six-foot fence. You know, if you really want to secure the schools, build a bigger fence around it and put barbed wire on top of it. Stuart, how many... We only have one access point. How many schools have armed security? Um, Really, at the school? Yeah, at the school. There's really no armed security. There's actually... Security guards, they have what's called police services. They actually go around from school to school to school at different points during the day. And at major schools, they normally have a place where there's one security guard sitting there, an armed security police force. 
Mm. They're actually recognized as police officers. Mm. And normally, like high schools and stuff like that, you have them there. But in all actuality, the funding's not there to put people in every single school. Right. You know, and I mean, if you look at, you know, police right now, it's hard to get people to join the police and this and that. You know, it's, it's the same with schools. Your police services, it's hard to find people to actually take the positions. Well, the more this happens, it's hard to see not funding that. Right. I, I agree. You know, the, the, every time that this happens, you're thinking, well, we're going to have to, you know, refund the police. Like, instead of defund. Instead of defund, re-fund. And it's like, we're going to spend whatever it takes, but we're going to make sure that uh, these schools are secure when you send your kids off. You don't have to worry about them. How about the I totally kid? agree with that. How about the kids? I mean, can you imagine when you were in middle school thinking, oh, I'm going to go to school today, and based on what I see on the news, when my mom and dad watch the news, somebody might cut, this might be my last day. That's just going to be God. traumatizing for little kids or even, you know, big kids. But, Stuart, you agree? It's like, yeah, it's going to cost a lot of money, but God damn it, we got to do something. I mean, right now they're they're actually trying to do something. They're they're putting cameras in every single school all over the place for EPISD. There's camera two to three cameras in every single hall. You know, I want to find out more about the timeline, and I'm sure we will uh, over the course of today and the the next week or so. I guess police. I'm trying to figure out police had confronted the gunman before he ever went into the school is what I think Mm -hmm. I was piecing together from what they're saying so far. So it's like, even if you had active duty cops, that doesn't necessarily mean, I guess that it's going to stop. Uh, somebody who's determined and they don't care about their safety. I mean, when somebody goes in to shoot up a school, it's not like they're going to try and get away with it. You know, I mean, the other issue, too, is how long, how large the schools are. He, mm-hmm. You know, these schools are, are so large, you can't have just one police officer there because it's going to take them five to ten minutes to run to, from one side of the school to the other side of the school and what's already happened. Let's go back to your idea about a big fence, maybe with barbed wire, maybe with concertina right. wire around it. And then let's have one guard post where there's a guy with a rifle and what? he can just look at the entire school. Well, I mean, I'm not saying a guard post. I'm just saying control who can access in your school. No, let's make our, let's make schools prisons because that's the safest place, I guess. Wait, but could would it even be feasible? Like, okay, the students, you know, for a high school, park here or get dropped off here. They go through the entrance, and once school started, that gate shuts, and nobody's getting in unless they've got a prior appointment right you know i don't know how that appeals to you as somebody who works for the school district you i know, mean you can't just have one access point you'd have to have multiple access you can't just put kids in a bank vault you, you have at a high school you have over a thousand students you know and you can't just it's almost impossible to filter them through yeah. one single entrance you know but i mean you could set up you know guards at each entrance and just keep an eye on everybody all right. Well, thank you, uh, Stuart. Thanks for calling in. I think you bring up some really good points. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is George. George says he has a solution that he's been thinking about for a few years. Hello, George. Hey, Buzz. Joanna, Nico. Good morning. 
Morning, Good George. morning, man. So I've been uh, talking about this. I've, I've been on law enforcement here in El Paso, and I've been talking about this in Sandy Hook. So, and at first it sounds a little crazy, but in the long run, I guarantee you it will stop every single mass shooting in the United States. I think we're looking and for any is, solution at this point. Yeah. So, in my opinion, arm about start off with arming about six to eight teachers, give them legitimate gun training from from law enforcement, and of course volunteer bases. And I guarantee you there'd be uh, at least five from every school that would volunteer. Now, in my the way I see it, arm at least six to eight teachers from every corner of the school and make sure all the students know and all of the parents know that this is this is the reality. There's gonna be, you know, crazy people trying to come into schools and shoot our kids. So the district needs to make that decision. Look, we're not gonna have any more dead kids or teachers. So we're gonna arm our teachers. And that's just the way it is. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm just. I think it's overselling the idea a little bit to say that it's going to stop 100 percent of all the school shootings. I, so. I believe it is. If they think mm. about it like this: if if an armed shooter comes in, he won't know. He won't know what teachers are, Which, are mm. certified because that that can be that can, teachers can volunteer throughout the year. You see what I'm saying? Like, okay, you know what? Right. Uh, it's been about a year. I, I volunteered to, to to carry like so, air marshals on a plane. Exactly. Exactly. I would say the training that you're suggesting can't be half-hearted. It can't be two consecutive weekends. It's got to be, you know, they've almost exactly. got to qualify yes. to be a form of law enforcement yes. themselves before they're going to uh, take yes. on this and, kind and of responsibility. You know, you know what, George? I actually, when I heard this after Sandy Hook as like a Democrat, I thought that was the craziest idea of Army teachers in the world. But now, right. I yeah. actually think that it might that sounds kind of I, I, logical. Joanna says we got to take a break, but since since we got George, George has obviously put some thought into this. I think it's Marjorie Stoneman in Florida. Right. There was a school resource officer, but when he heard the gunfire, oh, remember that in. guy yeah. got dragged through the mud because he was like, "Well, they're shooting in there. I'm not going in." I think he was right. like a retired police officer. So they had yep. somebody who was on the payroll. It wasn't even like he was getting paid. That was his job. And when the gunfire started, he, you know, I, I'm staying out here where it's safe. So I don't know that right. it would work 100% of the time. But it's like I say, the, even, the floor is open for any a, ideas, I think, at this point, George. Right. Even if you know a teacher's next to you that's armed and your, your, your classroom's about to get shot up, he can react. And it'd be a lot quicker than any arms. Oh, I think you you don't tell anybody if we go ahead with the with the George plan. Like you don't, I, right. you don't know which teachers are the ones. Right. That are, you know, just like exactly. an air marshal, you don't know which air, which person exactly. on the plane might might have a gun. Correct. It, it might All work. Right. Th- George, thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good All morning. right. Appreciate the call. Let's take a break. We'll come back, and we've got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. I uh, woke up in the middle of the night. And, you know, I knew that this Uvalde situation was going on and I checked the news and saw that the number of fatalities had gone up. So that meant that some of the victims uh, died either in the hospital or on their way to the hospital. It's 19 uh, kids, two adults uh, confirmed dead after an 18-year-old gunman went on a shooting rampage at an elementary school. And I couldn't go back to sleep. Uh, we got a lot of calls. 
and I guess we're in that that stage of this. You know, like I say, it's like a being on a loop. I feel like I've done this before, and everybody calls in. Uh, but I think it's valuable. I think we've had some some really good calls. I think people with their suggestions have been very earnest about your their suggestions. You said something interesting to the uh, police officer who was online, or mm-hmm. the law enforcement officer. You said, as a Democrat, when they first started saying, we need to arm some of the teachers, oh, you thought that so sounded crazy. insane. Oh, yeah. I was like, like I was a person kind of on ex- the left. You thought that was just a nut. It was the craziest but idea now? I ever heard of. Now it sounds really sensible. I mean, at the time, I thought, what? This is a school, a place of learning. Why would this ever be necessary? These teachers, they don't want that kind of responsibility. I, I think that they might now if, if it would prevent 21 kids from dying. Uh, hi, Ernesto. Hey, guys. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here, I'm listening to this, and I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm fabricated because, you know, here we are as a society, and, you know, people calling in with these absolutely ridiculous ideas on how to protect schools because nobody wants to do the obvious. Right. You know, the issue is guns. The issue is guns. We had this kid, an 18-year-old kid, a law-abiding citizen, go into a store, buy guns, and go shoot a bunch of kids at elementary school. The day of his 18th birthday. Well, that's, the when he bought the, that's when he bought the guns. Mm-hmm. Or right. th- there, there are a couple, before, before I... There are still some conflicting reports about that, but I, your point's taken. Yeah, the, the issue, the issue, the issue, guys. Is, I mean, it, you know, to, you know, let's build a, a you know a seven foot fence, a ten foot fence. Let's put barbed wire. Let's arm teachers. We have trained officers all over the country. Trained officers shooting people because they're like getting jumpy at you know at what they perceive a dangerous situation. And now you want to arm teachers. Mm-hmm. Teachers. That is. Right. If a police officer can use excessive force, don't you think a teacher that took a like a weekend class could make a mistakes as class. well? Right. Right. It, it, guys, this is absolutely ridiculous. Ernesto, I, I would say this, though. Even if they passed really restrictive gun laws, we've still got millions of guns out there in people's hands and they're not getting them back. <laughs> you know, any kind of no, law no. that's got it, no matter how draconian you make the law, this country is infected and infested with guns. They're already the, out the, there. The best analogy that I can think of, right, is is that is that one person who has to take like blood pressure medication and cough medication and, you know, all these different medications and oxygen because they refuse to quit smoking. You know what I mean? Or they refuse to change their diet. It's like, and you're right, we're in, we are absolutely infected in this country with guns. But, you know, the solution isn't to keep pumping more guns into the system. Now, you're going to get a caller after me, I promise you, to say, oh, well, you know, Chicago has really strict gun laws. And what about, okay, yeah, Chicago has strict gun laws. It's so hard in Chicago to buy a gun that people are actually going into, like, states like Indiana that has zero gun control. In fact, I was just reading an article the other day that, one gun store in Indiana is, has been connected to over 850 guns found in Chicago crime scenes, right? So it's so difficult to get guns in Chicago that these guys are actually just driving 10, 30 minutes to the, to the state line, buying their guns there legally, and then taking them back into the city. Right? Well, whatever solution we have, it's going to have to be a national one, and it's going to be something that every state's going to have to, to follow. Piecemeal, right? But here's, here's a simple solution, right? And it, it doesn't have to be draconian gun laws. 
right? You register if you if you have to register and and insure weapons, right? Where like if I buy a gun, right? It's registered to me. It's 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 my way. I have to have insurance on it or something like that, right? And somebody uses my gun to commit a mass a mass shooting, then I'm held personally responsible. You see what I'm saying? And I guarantee you that if you make something like that then people are going to take a lot better care of their guns or they're not going to go out and buy a kid an AR-15, you know, on his 18th birthday or his 17th birthday. Because, you know, you have these pictures of people with, like, their 12-year-old kids walking around with, like, AR-15. This is a stupid problem to have, and we're the only country that has it. And it doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter all these outlandish and ridiculous ideas that we're proposing. If we don't address the problem that's staring us in the face with guns, this is never going to change. Arming teachers, putting, you know, uh, uh, you know 20-foot fences, uh, metal detectors, none of that stuff. None of that stuff is going to work, right, if we don't address the issue. You, don't, you, you brought up Chicago, and I hear this argument. Uh, this is another part of the conversation that's like Groundhog's Day. You hear people say, well, you don't care about all the gun violence in Chicago. You know what you don't hear about in inner-city schools? Mass shootings. I guess Marjorie Stoneman Douglas was at a you know a, in a city, but you hear about these in, play, in quiet, idyllic places like uh, Sandy uh, Sandy Hook. You hear about them in Uvalde, Texas. I wonder if some of these inter- you know some of these schools in rough neighborhoods where they really you know have uh, an ongoing gun violence problem, maybe they have metal detectors at every entrance. You know, when's the last time you heard about a school made up mostly of inner city minority kids having one of these mass shooting incidents? Can you name well, one? You can you what? name one? I, I can't think of a single even, I can't even, think even of a single one. Parkland, I think you guys were talking about Parkland earlier. They had an armed resource officer and you know what he he's like, I'm not gonna go in there and get shot. He stayed outside. Yeah, that's right. They had an armed officer and remember they they uh did they put him on trial for that? Like, I don't think so. I, don't know. I think there were some repercussions, though. Like, yeah. he had to resign, and I, I don't even know exactly what it is. But um, Ernesto, I appreciate your passion on this, and I appreciate like your clear mindedness on this. But this is not. I mean, there's no way you're going to get some of these people that are beholden to the gun lobby to give this any play at all. Los Angeles had uh, a gun buyback uh, for gas money, I think, like last week, and they sold out of their of their of their gift cards within like forty five minutes. There's a lot of guns in this country, but if we really wanted to do something and we really wanted to protect, we could do it. We we can do it. We just yeah. don't want to. No, we I agree with you. To. Thank you, guys. All right, thank you, Ernesto. I don't know that I agree. I mean, no, there, I, I completely there agree. There's so him. many. There's so much hardware out there as far as guns. Even if you shut down all productions, nobody can buy a gun. No, I, they're they're already out there. I don't think that's the answer. So I think just I think what he what he's saying things that are national solutions, a national registry, a national background check, uh, a national assault ri- uh, rifle ban. So so here's uh, what I was uh, mentioning earlier. State Senator Roland Gutierrez said that he gives the account that this 18-year-old shooter, the day he turned 18, went and bought two of these assault-style rifles from a store in Uvalde County. That's according to State Senator Roland Gutierrez, who said that he was briefed by Texas Rangers. 
who said that earlier this month when the gunman turned 18, the first day he could legally buy these weapons, he went and did it. Uh, Texas legislation allows people who are 18 years or older to legally purchase long guns. So a long gun would be a rifle or a shotgun or an AR. Also, Texas does not require a waiting period to purchase a firearm. Handguns, and this kind of reflects the thinking of, of two or three decades ago, handguns can normally only be bought by people age 21 or older. So the real conversation was nobody wants to take your rifle, but we want to get these handguns because you can you know, carry it in your pocket. That was before school shootings. You know, people show up with long guns now, but we're still treating this problem like it's 1992. And we're worried, all we're worried about is somebody coming in with a 9mm or 38 Special or something. That's very old-fashioned thinking at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, a 2021 amendment to the Texas government code, though, allows people who are 18 years old eligible for handgun licenses. You know, the gunman, I guess they're saying, had uh, an AR and it sounds like a handgun. So just the fact that he, you know, the difference between a handgun and he was using both is what it sounds like. Oh, okay. Um, now there's another state senator, John Whitmire, who gives a different version. He says that he was briefed by law enforcement and said that uh, the gunman had purchased one of the rifles from a federally licensed gun store on May 17th, which was one day after his birthday. A day later, the gunman bought 375 rounds of ammunition. 375 rounds of ammunition. Who's funding this kid? He's 18. It doesn't sound like he had a great job. You know, it doesn't sound like he... Who Who's giving him money to buy yeah, this much no. ammunition? Officials have not yet confirmed whether the two rifles were the same weapons used in the shooting at Robb Elementary School but they said that they recovered two AR-15 style rifles from the scene. President Joe Biden yesterday said the idea that an 18 year old kid can walk into a gun store and buy two assault weapons. It's just wrong. What in God's name do you need an assault weapon for except to kill someone? Uh, that I think is a fair question. All right. We got a lot of calls of, uh, if our callers that are on hold, I know I've left you hanging, but if you just give me four or five minutes, I'll come back. I'll get right to those calls, I promise. And uh, we can also get some calls going on the neckline. Telephone number to the studio is 910-4995, 910-4995. I think uh, Ernesto, who we just talked to, is you know a pretty hardline uh, anti-gun. You know We need to make it much, much, much more difficult for anybody to get a gun. I know we're going to have... People whose uh, viewpoint on that, those issues are all over the map. I would just say at this point, you know, anybody who's got a solution, let's not shoot. Bad choice of words. I was going to say, let's not shoot it down. <clears throat> but. Dummy. You just shot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is enough of a national crisis. We got to hear people out, you know. Uh Nine one zero four nine nine five. If you're on hold, I'll get to you as soon as we come back. And more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo at the corner of Dyingra and Monroe. Just moments from Fort Bliss. 
Find them on social media or PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. God, it's, it seems like it was just a few seconds ago, but it was two hours where I was saying, hey, there's this huge elephant in the room that we're going to have to talk about today, and you know, but we still got to... We still got to do the show, but I mean, it's, uh, we've got a lot of calls. Let's put it that way. And I, I promised that we'd get to everybody. So I want to thank you for holding. Uh, let's talk to Tom. Hi, Tom. Hey, good morning, Marshall. How are you doing? Good morning. Just, you know. Good morning. Almost numb, but trying not to be numb when you keep hearing about this kind of stuff yeah. happening over and over and again. You know, just kind of like I want to pinch yeah. myself. So it's like yeah. this is still happening. It's surreal, and it only happens in this country. It's heartbreaking. It's uh, you know, it's affecting me a lot. I have uh, family who are teachers. I'm a oh, self wow. responder. I'm a I'm also a military veteran. Many years in the military, and. Uh, you know, it's heartbreaking. I agree 100% with Ernesto, a previous caller. As a matter of fact, he beat me to a lot of the points that I wanted to make. Um, it was said that arming teachers is a good idea. Uh, I'm uh, against that. I mean, it, it is, it, on, on the surface, it looks really good. But knowing that one out of five people have uh, mental health issues, um, the moment of truth, bringing out your gun and mm-hmm. firing it, that takes more than training. It right. takes a mindset. And when you have kids screaming, people running down the hall, a teacher has the volunteers to carry a gun. It, it's just, to me, ludicrous. It's insane that you're going to try to give this teacher, you know, the opportunity to, to stop this person who is, you know, has, they're overpowering him with, with the, 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 the rifles they have. They're carrying body armor now. Um, yeah, the, the gunman would be more you know, would be more well-armed than any of the teachers. Yeah, well, they're more well-armed, and yeah. it's called the moment of truth. The day you, the time you put your your eyesight, your sights on the target and pull the trigger, it takes a lot. Right. You know, people have it's a whole problems. different Tom, situation. Tom, you bring up a good point. As a veteran, I think you have a good background on this, but, uh, you know, other people who, who uh, own a gun, you know, gun owners, people with concealed carry yeah. license, when some of this happens, sometimes you probably say in your brain, you know, what what would I have done? What would I have done if I'd been there on August 3rd carrying my weapon? And the answer is, unless you've been in a battle or unless you've been in a gunfight before or a gun battle, you probably have no idea what you're going to do. It's totally different. Yeah. It's totally different. I mean, we had a, in Buffalo, they had a retired police officer, years of experience. He was armed. He took a couple of shots at that Buffalo uh, shooter and nothing happened. He he paid for his life, and nine other people did also. It's very difficult, you know, to expect something positive from just adding more guns into the equation, you know. And uh, if it was a simple solution we've done a long time ago. I know everyone right. said buyback solutions and stuff like that. It's very difficult because it's a mindset. It's a mindset that this government was. Uh, I mean, this country is uh, based on weapons and it's what's going to save us and it's our second amendment rights but the, i mean it says in the second amendment a well-organized militia well-organized militias do not shoot kids you know we have the army now we have the marine corps we have the air force back then we had the second amendment because we didn't have all those military organizations to right. protect us from the british that are coming onto our shores to try to take us over again so that has to be addressed but you know i i do believe the second amendment 
but it is outdated, first of all. Yeah, it's, um, it seems like it's something that we can we can agree is not set in stone that this one thing we cannot no 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 the the people who are really what i you know and they style themselves second amendment enthusiasts will very much argue oh it's set in stone you can't you can't it's not under discussion and a lot i'll tell you this tom it's interesting that you have a military background because what i've noticed is a lot of people with a military background are very hardcore on yeah. on their gun rights. But you would agree with this, yeah. Tom, we can't have uh, uh, RPGs, right? I can't just own an RPG as a citizen. I can't own a bazooka. I haven't te- checked the Texas law this week. Maybe you can by now. <laughs> what I'm saying is we already restrict our citizenry on the type of weapons we are all capable of having. Why not go a little bit further? I mean, we, we already yeah. restrict You ourselves. can't have a weapon that can shoot 50 rounds in a minute. Right. Well, you know, yeah. that would be one way to go, but then there'd be people that say that is trampling all over my Second Amendment rights. Hey, Buzz. Yeah. There's these assault rifles. There. I'll say that these rifles are just the same way as my hunting rifle. No, they're not. They might carry the same projectile. They might carry the same round. But the assault rifle has. They're designed to destroy. They they have higher velocities. The, um, they, they just built let, let me let me seize on that for a second because I think people who aren't gun people, what do you mean by velocity? Well, when you fire an AR-15, that bullet is coming out of the muzzle like three times faster and with more force than if you had a nine millimeter yeah. or a thirty-eight special handgun or something. Exactly. Yeah. And these uh, assault rifles, they say, well, they're semi-automatic. You got to pull the trigger. These guns are so easily modified to be fully automatic, it'll blow your mind. There's bump stocks, which are now just mm-hmm. uh, illegal, but, but they have kits where you can order them and make it yourself at home. So this problem's not getting better. Um, we are a gun-crazy country. Listen, gonna- unlike any other country in the world, we are a gun-crazy country. And, but I think we probably have been for a long time, though. Yeah. Nobody's yeah, taking yeah. us over. Nobody's invaded this country. <laughs> And it's not going to be invading. The way they're going to invade us is they're going to hack us. They're going to take control of our water supply, our banking, our food, stuff like that. We're going to be hacked. That's how uh, other governments are going to try to take over this country. They're not going to bring boots into our shores. Right. You're not going to be protecting. Our infrastructure is totally broken down. You're not going to be protecting your house with your gun from a Russian tank or something. No, you can be telling that your neighbor is trying to get the food because uh, our infrastructure exactly. is, uh, is totally dissolved. All right, listen to And me. also, real quick, before, yep. I go, before you all before I sign off, um, these uh, schools that you all talked about, about having a uh, one-way in and, and all these security uh, procedures in place, um, they're very easily, you can go around them very easily. Um, well, let me ask you this, Tom. You know, they, they play football in stadiums in the fall all over. Some of these college football stadiums have 100,000 people. they got 500 different entrances into the stadium. Why do you never hear about a mass shooting at a football game? No, no. Well, it's not, it's not just that, but they say, you know, you have they're, they're locked doors and, and you got to be buzzed in. If someone really wants to get in and you have an AR-15, I don't want to put any any thoughts and some people, crazy people, because once again, one in five people have mental health, uh, mental health issues. But if you really want to get in, you can shoot out, of, I mean, shoot out a window, stuff like that. You can get into a school without having to go through a locked door. Right. So that has to be addressed. It's not just that. And it's, to me, it's a shame that we're practically the only country to have to 
you know, talk about these issues. This, this doesn't happen in, in, in Europe or in Asia and stuff like that. And it's because our mindset is just totally warped. All right. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate the call. All right, man. I appreciate Thank it. Have you. a good day. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to uh, Cindy, who is a school counselor. Hi, Cindy. You've been on hold for so long. I appreciate it. Hi, how are you? Very good, Cindy. What's going on? Well, I'm actually here in a, on a campus uh, talking to students. Um, devastated. I'm just devastated as to what happened uh, yesterday in Uvalde. Mm-hmm. Um, the talk about more guns and teachers having guns on campus to protect. We're here to nurture our students. We can't shoot them. Mm-hmm. Um, more more barbed wire and higher fences. You know, put some counseling in this in these schools. I mean, real counseling where that's what they do. They help kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but this was an 18 year old who went to an elementary school. He'd already he was already out of school. I mean, what were you gonna? How how do you counsel somebody like that? Maybe somebody to identify red flags. Yeah, I'm talking about beforehand. Let's let's identify those red flags. Let's not wait till it gets, you know, gets to the stage where it's at, and let's be reactive. You know, these kids are going through stuff. We just came out of a pandemic. You know, the social the social skills are lacking, and and these kids are struggling. But we're so worried about the academic, and let's throw a, let's throw a test at them. Mm-hmm. Come on. Do you see that, Cindy, in the kids right now? Do you see them affected by the pandemic and maybe some of these security measures that they have to go through? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they've, they've gone to social media, and social media is the devil. I'm sorry. Um, you know, there's so much bullying going on. Uh, the isolation that they had within the last two years definitely did not help. Uh, but the, uh, I've had so many kids come in with anxiety and depression, mm-hmm. and, and something has to change. Are we going to take away guns? No, people love their guns. Fine, then help us help us take care of kids, and let's let's look at it from the mental the mental health aspect. Yeah. All right, uh, I I'm definitely on board with that. You know, maybe if this somebody I'm, had to intervene, but I don't know much about the shooters. Uh, they're not talking anything about the parents or the home life. Uh, just that oh, he bought the guns himself, I, and it was legal just, when he I bought just, them. I just read something on the New York Times um, that he was constantly bullied. Mm-hmm. Uh, people talked about his appearance. People talk, threw homophobic slurs at him. Um, and I'm not saying that that's an excuse by any means. But let's pick up on those red well, flags and let's be proactive to, to the situation. All right. that Cindy, uh, so uh, seeing, seeing this and seeing that this kid was bullied or this 18-year-old was bullied, it seems like all of these shooters have some sense of grievance inside of them, some type of hurt. That, that they may have picked up from from being bullied. And mm-hmm. is this something that you can see? Do you, can you, do you see red flags among the kids? And what can you do about the red flags? We address them. We address the red flags. Uh, we, uh, I work at Anthony ISD. We partner up with, a, with Texas Tech. Uh, teach, we have a teach-out program, a counseling program. We try to de- uh, destigmatize the uh, mental health aspect. And, you know, we help our kids. And, and you say it's okay to get help. It's okay to get help. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate the call, and thank you for holding for so long for us. Appreciate really appreciate thank that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Let's get one more, uh, and this is Joel. Hi, Joel. Hi. Hi, Joel. Uh, I just wanted to know, like, what people thought about this idea, because I've had conversations with people about the teachers um, being given guns and stuff like that. I've never thought um, that would be the solution. I've always been afraid that would probably cause more problems. Yeah. But what about uh, actually building uh, safe rooms in each of the classrooms 
typically they have us either have the kids go under the tables or go into a closet if we have one, but why not build like a... Like a Jodie Foster-style safe Like room. a panic room under the... Yeah, closet. like a panic room. That's the movie I was trying to Dollar think of. Under the door, that's, that's reinforced... That gun can get through. You know, as I remember, most elementary classes that I could recall had a had a coat closet. You know, for the winter coats and stuff. I yeah, I, I don't I know. A, I, a... I, I listen, and really, it might sound like we're th- we're throwing anything at the wall to see what's going to stick. But at this might point, as well why at this not? Point, yeah. yeah, right. Twenty one kids, twenty one people. Uh, yeah, thank teachers are teachers are really good at moving kids around the hallways, the classrooms. So. Build a cellar door, and you know, as soon as there are shots, instead of waiting there and hiding behind a desk, maybe there's like a panic room. Right. Can you imagine the expense? But would it be? Wouldn't it be worth it? To me, yeah, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Joel. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Thanks. And uh, Ray, before we have to take a break, Ray. Good morning. Hi. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of in shock and numb, but trying not to feel numb because I feel like once you go down that path, you know, you stop feeling things. Oh, you got to, you got to continue to be uh, outraged. Yeah, to be outraged and shocked. I think. I think. I think. What the, I think the big problem and issue in today's world is there's lack of parity. Parents nowadays in today's society, both parents have to work. The mothers and fathers are out working and they're not at home. And I, they can't they can't keep an eye on their kids. They, they can't teach them discipline. Can't teach them right or wrong. And you got these kids that are growing up basically by themselves because both parents are no longer in the household anymore. Mm-hmm. By the time the parents get home, they're tired and they don't even want to deal with it. Back back then, back back in older times, whatever. Yes, there weren't no shootings or whatever, but there were still rifles. There were still high school kids that can take their shotguns and their gun racks and park it in their trucks on the school parking grounds. But yet they knew right or wrong because why? They had parents that were involved in their lives every day, teaching them what's right, what's wrong. Go to school, not go to school. Listening to teachers if their grades are failing, if they're not, if there's trouble. Nowadays, you have teachers that try to get a hold of parents, and they can't get a hold of parents to come in for a meeting because why? Both parents are working. One's working nights, one working day. There's lack of parity in today's society, and I think that's the main cause root of it now because kids don't aren't getting what's right and what's wrong anymore because there is no sense of direction. A lot of these kids are growing up how? Babysitting, watching what? First player shooter games. And that's all they do. Hmm. I mean, yeah, but we're making a lot of assumptions here. I don't know that every single shooter... If you say, well, every single shooter played video games well every you could say that about every single kid every kid in america plays video games and a lot of those are first person shooter games but not every kid shoots the school up up. i played i played video games when i was young but there was also parents my mom would come in and be like hey you're on the game too long go outside go play go ride your bike go be with friends go get skills to, to build with other kids a lot of these kids are just staying home now, and that's all they do is just stay at home because why? Like I said, there's there's a lack of parity in today's thing. Um, people want to. Yeah, but what's the solution to that? You can't say, oh, you know what? What's going to solve the problem? Be better parents. <laughs> you know, that's not realistic. It, you can't it, say that. But, but you fall into the same token. We're like, how how is the 18 year old going to get a, a rifle? Well, how is that 18 year old going to get a brand new Corvette that their dad bought, them? or a, or a Mustang GT, or or a, a high powered car that an 18 year old really doesn't know how to drive, and that's going to be their first car. You know, I mean, it, it falls under the same thing. There's no guidance anymore. There's nobody teaching kids right or wrong, correcting their wrong actions, knowing. And, you know, teachers, I I have so many. I have family members that are teachers, and you hear, 
when you they try to talk to the parents, mm-hmm. they can't get a hold of their parents. Why? Because their parents aren't home. Their parents are always working. They're working and working and working. And today's society, if both parents aren't working, you can't make it in today's world because of mm-hmm. prices, food prices going up and everything. All right. Uh, thank you, Ray. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the perspective. No problem. Thank you. I don't know. That, that kind of feels like kicking the can down the road. Oh, you know what? Bad parenting, bad home life. What are you going to do? Oh, it's also the complaint they've had about every generation, you know. Oh, yeah. And the video game. And the video game. And they're dancing and all that footloose. I mean, you know, a a term that I knew when I was a kid was latchkey kids. That was a term that came about, I I think, in the 70s. I was a little kid. You know, all all these kids are going to go. So this has been going on for at least 40 years where it's like, you know, kids go home. They have to let themselves into the house. And then they got to plop down in front of the TV. We didn't really have good video games back in those days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. so it's not a new no, situation. I mean, it's been new, going on long enough. But what how about the is, access for an 18-year-old on his birthday to go buy an AR? Yeah, it's how the that's money. That's not to do something that. I yeah, could have done. That access is much easier. Like I can days. recognize, oh, going in, letting yourself in. My mom and dad, at one point, you know, not when we were little, but by the time we were in middle school, both my parents were working, and we let ourselves in. And when you were in high school, where would you have bought your AR? I, I you couldn't. First of all, I don't know. That the that the letters AR would have meant anything to me. Like I don't know if you're talking about a machine gun. That's probably what I would have called it. Mm-hmm. And I would have never, in my wildest imagination, considered getting one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had a like a four ten shotgun. Oh, so you for shooting have a squirrel? Yeah, but. Look, every time you shot it, you'd have to crack the back open, take the spit, you know, the shell would inject, you'd have to get another shell out of your pocket, you put that in. That's a far cry from going in on your 18th birthday and buying an AR-15. All right, let's take a break. And how about we take a break from calls for the time being? And we'll come back, we'll have news headlines with Nico Ajimian on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, so we're going to get started with news headlines. I think the way we've uh, decided to do this, there's clearly one story that is dominating uh, everyone's attention. That's the shooting uh, at the elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. 21 dead, two of those adults, the other 19 children, mostly 7, 8, 9, and 10-year-olds. So I guess you're going to do all the news, and then we'll... You know, we'll talk about this developing story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to bring up some other stories that, you know, popped up. All right. And we'll do those first, right? Yep. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to mention that an El Pasoan and a Coronado grad just was named Big 12 Player of the Year. Some people are saying that he is the most electrifying, exciting player in college baseball, and that is Ivan Melendez. Uh, Coronado grad, and they just began uh, a few minutes ago Big 12 tournament play against Oklahoma State. So uh, Ivan Melendez, who goes, his nickname is the Hispanic Titanic. 
Not because he's going to sink or let you down or not have enough lifeboats, but because <laughs> he hits these home runs that are such towering moonshots. Ah. He's the, his, his shots are titanic. They go all the way to the Atlantic. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, so since we're talking about baby, anyway, good for Ivan Melinda. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Very cool to see A lot of people in the talent. stands at, at UT Longhorns baseball games have the Melendez... Uh, really? Jersey, and he's probably getting a nice chunk of change because of the name image likeness deal. For sure, probably going to go pro. Well, yeah, he uh, was drafted last season, decided to return for another year for the Longhorns, and he just tied on Friday the Texas all-time home run in a single season record at 28. So yeah, all he's way do to go, Ivan Melendez. And since we're talking about baseball, and because we've we've got the phone space right now, I want to give away the tickets for Saturday night. So, Joanna, are you uh, are you acknowledging that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's make it caller number ten. This is for the El Paso Chihuahuas. They're going to be playing Sugarland on uh, Saturday. There's going to be a big fireworks display after the game. Also, let Joanna know. Would you like to stay two nights at the Hotel Indigo? Because we will put you in the running for that grand prize package. You could walk to the ballpark, mm-hmm. walk back to the hotel, stop at some of the night spots along the way. Have a cocktail. Spend the night, spend two nights in a row at the Hotel Indigo. Which Make a is, friend. Yeah. Um, so let Joanna know. But caller number 10, let me get that number out, 910-4995. That is 915-910-4995. And uh, caller number 10 will win the baseball tickets. And how about that? El Paso's Ivan Melendez, Big 12 Player of the Year. He might win the Golden Spikes Award, which is kind of... The Golden ex- Spikes. The Golden Spikes is kind of like the baseball equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. So he is a, he is a leading candidate for the, golden the baseball spikes. version of the Heisman, <laughs> which is the Golden Spikes. Uh, let's get to, uh, we might just get a start, but let's at least try and make some progress on the news here today. That's right. My. And with your news headlines, here's Nico at Jimmy. Good morning, Nico. Good morning, Buzz. North Korea launched three ballistic missiles towards the sea on Wednesday. Its neighbors uh, just said hours after President Biden wrapped up his trip to Asia, where he reaffirmed U.S. commitment to defend its allies in the face of the North's growing nuclear threat. The North's first missile launches in about two weeks also came as the country makes a much disputed claim that its first domestic COVID-19 outbreak is weakening. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said in a statement that all three missiles were fired near Pyongyang and flew toward waters off the North's eastern coast, one after another between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. Wednesday morning. It said South Korea subsequently boosted its surveillance posture and maintained a military readiness in close coordination with the United States. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol separately called a National Security Council meeting to discuss the North's launches, his office said. And the FBI says an ISIS operative in the U.S. plotted to assassinate former President George W. Bush. An FBI search warrant says two confidential informants claimed the alleged terrorist hoped to smuggle an attack team into the country over the Mexican border. Forbes reports 52-year-old Shahab Ahmed Shahab, also known as Abu Ahmed, entered the United States in September 2020 on a visitor visa. The following March, he apparently filed a claim for asylum and his request for United States citizenship has been pending. 
Living in Ohio, his plan, according to the warrant, was to get Mexican visitor visas for other ISIS operatives, as many as six, before getting them over the border. This past February... Boy, Fox News is going to have something else to talk about today, huh? That is true. (laughs) This past February, officials say Shahab traveled to Texas to scout the former president's home and other locations. He's now been federally charged with an immigration crime. I vote that we deny his citizenship application myself. (laughs) I think uh, they're already there. Uh, And abetting a plot to murder. The former president. Our former president, George, George w. Bush. w. Bush. Crazy. They've always said it. I never thought it was possible. Dude threw a shoe at him one time. You remember that? Not this guy. No, not this guy, but another guy. Yes, I remember the man who threw a shoe at George Bush. I Didn't never... he go to a prison or something? I don't know. For the shoe throwing? No? Well, the the shoe throwing happened overseas. Oh, it was like in a, Iraq. He, he was an Iraqi journalist. Yeah. So I don't know how much trouble he got in, but I was really impressed by W's reflexes. I mean, he it was oh, almost like oh. Spidey sense. Whoa, shoot. That shoot went right by his head, but he ducked out of the way. A shipment of baby formula is set to arrive in the U.S. today. 39 tons, in fact, enough to make more than 1 million bottles. This comes after more than 130 pallets of special formula landed in Indianapolis on Sunday for hospitals and pharmacies. After landing in D.C. at Dulles International Airport, they'll be moved to a Nestle facility in Pennsylvania for testing before heading to store shelves. In the meantime, Abbott Nutrition is restarting work at the Michigan plant central to the nationwide baby formula recall last month. The company says work will resume on June 4th with new formula expected to be ready for purchase June 20th. They say that they will also release roughly 300,000 cans of the specialty formula for babies with allergies to cow milk to those who urgently need it, as the formula was not part of the earlier recall. You know, I was uh, holding off asking because I don't like to display my ignorance, but now that you've brought it up. Okay. Can display infants it. drink cow milk? <laughs> <laughs> not, not a dumb question, but a, a lot of people know. It, it's I, a I dumb really, question it, for somebody who had an infant daughter. That's a good point. Uh, up until they're one year old, they cannot. They cannot drink cow milk no. before they're one year old. Right. Okay. All right. Wow, you Wait, know, you are very knowledgeable. Yeah, really, I didn't know that. What do they eat? What What's in the formula? I don't know. What kind of milk? Protein and, you who's, know. Who's, vitamins and stuff. Who's, whose boobs does it come from? Almonds. <laughs> <laughs> but remind me. Look, this Buzz, is, is going to be. Buzz, you had a daughter. Yeah, but I didn't feed her. Why? You didn't feed at all? You didn't give her a bottle? She was, uh, you know, the natural way was how she was fed. So never a bottle. Well, yeah, at some point, but she could carry it around herself by that time. <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, I don't want to see her. Seen her bottle herself. I don't want to see her till she's house trained. All right, let let me know in a year. <clears throat> I was like, when she starts talking, notify me. <laughs> Terrible. But remind me of a parody song. I've only got a one line worked out. You load thirty nine tons of baby formula. I've got to fill in the rest of the what lyrics What song there. is that supposed to be? You load 16 tons of what do you get? I don't know. I don't know what song that is. We make things up. <laughs> Joanna. Oh, it's just a made-up song. No, no, no. I thought it was a parody of something. It is a parody of 16 tons. What's the parody of it? 
16 tons. How was that? What the hell is that? 16 tons? 16 you load 16 tons, tons. Number 9 coal And the straw boss says Well, bless my soul Oh my god, that is real? You load 16 tons And what do you get? Alright, the FDA says enhanced <gasps> testing you know what? Wasn't, wasn't it nice? Wasn't it? Another death? day older and deeper in that <gasps> St. Peter, don't you call life. me Cause I can't go <laughs> I owe my soul To the company <laughs> store <laughs> Yo, this song is deep. Wasn't it? Wasn't it fun to get silly for a minute or two? It was. Tennessee Ernie Ford. <laughs> the FDA says enhanced testing will be done to make sure the formula is safe. Of course, the baby formula shortage is forcing fam- families to become clever in their search, and that includes going online to buy products that are made overseas. Experts, however, say they understand, but suggest parents stick to products made in the United States or Europe. Here's Rachel Jacob, a Texas-based pediatric dietitian, saying something. Go ahead. It's playing. They're cautioning any formula made in China or India, just skip those. Yeah, but if it comes, like some parents had to take their infants to the hospital, Mm -hmm. and they like started feeding them IV because they couldn't get baby formula, Mm -hmm. if it came down to that... Would you roll the dice on, like, Chinese? How about Mexico? Because Joanna told us yesterday that she's heard, like, you heard some parents talking mm-hmm. about they've got like baby they'll formula send somebody, in Mexico. Uh-huh. Go pick me up some baby formula. Does that right. pass muster? As much as you getting your antibiotics there. I mean, um, we're lucky because I we... I think a lot of people do we, and, do, and, do what you're and, describing. Yeah. That, that is a very good resource All right, for people. Uh, like we're going to come back. We're going to uh, break up the news into two parts. Yep. So let's take a break, and we'll come back with more. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo. That's the corner of Dyer and Monroe, just moments from Fort Bliss. Find them on social media or at PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. And now, back to... With uh, the rest of our headlines, here's Nico and Jimmy. And again, good morning, Nico. You load 16 tons. <laughs> A baby formula. 16 tons. I can't believe, you, Joanna, that you've never heard of that song before. I had not, but it's really speaking to me. What, what's it speaking about? That part where it's like, I'm another day older and deeper, deeper in, in debt. St. <laughs> Peter, don't you call me because I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You are just a reservoir of unnecessary knowledge. This is amazing. <laughs> All right. Pretty well-known song. Yeah, everyone knew that already. So, More than 150 millionaires <laughs> want to pay higher taxes, it turns out. A group known as Patriotic Millionaires is calling on the World Economic Forum to make it happen. Actor Mark Ruffalo and heiress Abigail Disney are among the notables who signed an open letter saying, Tax us, the rich. Tax us now. The letter called on the elites at the WEF summit in Davos, Switzerland, to publicly support efforts to tax the rich and acknowledge the danger of unchecked wealth inequality around the world. Some pro-tax millionaires actually protested outside the meeting. How many of these millionaires, how, how would Mark Ruffalo know if it's like, oh, okay, we're going to tax you more and we're going to use your money to buy like military hardware that the Pentagon doesn't even want. It's just going to sit in storage until we have to pay again to get rid of all of it. Well, don't tax us for that. Yeah, don't tax. I don't want to tax for that. (laughs) 
at some point, if you're a millionaire, it would almost be better if you targeted your donations to the causes that you want to support. Otherwise, all of your taxes might just go to red tape and and waste. So says the rich person. (laughs) Doesn't want taxes. Imagine being a delivery driver on your route and someone tosses an explosive at you. Well, that happened to an Amazon driver in Oklahoma City who just had that encounter, that terrifying encounter. Police say somebody threw a grenade into the driver's van and the driver jumped out, causing the van to crash into a mailbox and a parked car. Did the grenade go off? The driver suffered minor injuries. A bomb squad was called to the scene. And was it a freaking fake grenade or something? Homes were evacuated as a precaution. Was it a pine cone? The, great, the grenade <laughs> turned out to be a dud. Yes. Like a, du- like a dummy, Let like it was never to intended it. to go. Well, I'm tr- Let been, me predict it. Right. I've been doing this show long enough. I want to predict the stupid crime stories. <laughs> was it a pine cone? It was a pine cone. <laughs> a pine cone? The suspect fled the scene, but there is surveillance video of the incident. God, who would be throwing? Somebody who got tired of throwing rocks over an overpass on a highway, I guess. We're, okay, we're going to go back to the most serious story of the day, but weren't you saying that there are some people that are saying this this 18-year-old who uh, shot up the, mm-hmm. the the elementary school in Uvalde, that he was known to, like, he he used to like to go around and shoot people with BB guns right. just There's to get their reaction. been reports of uh, yeah. behavior. That A he- lot of stuff is unconfirmed now, so, so mm-hmm. let me put this into the category of, we don't know if this is real or not. Uh, this was from an you, interview with a friend of his that said that he grew up with him. And uh, that he was a type of person who would go around to shoot BB guns BB to guns, see people who thought maybe they were getting shot for real. And uh, from a drive, He would drive around and shoot them while he was driving. And then he would egg, you know, he was the type of person to egg cars, not really care. Yeah. There is uh, one thing that was circulating on social media that's been debunked. Uh, Paul Gosar, the congressman from or arizona. from arizona retweeted somebody had said that the gunman was a transsexual illegal immigrant what so uh oh the illegal immigrant part definitely is not true because he was born in north dakota they said that uh authorities in uvalde said that he graduated from uvalde high school but that he had moved there from north dakota at some point where he was born so uh, Paul Gozer had to uh, remove that tweet, but it turns out he's the Simpsons you're, did a. You're going to go into the the, the Simpsons did a, a a musical episode, and one of the things was you know uh, what's happened to the middle class in the country, but they they had one of the Fox News was in was a target, and. They had the older people like Grandpa Simpson and the old, you know, Skinner's mom, and they're like cross-dressing illegal. Like that was part of the song. And then Paul Gozer actually retweets: he was a transsexual. He sounded like one of the panicky cartoon characters (laughs) from the from the Simpsons episode on Sunday. Well, you're going to get into that right. I I am as soon as you tell me that you're finished with the. uh, Got my last story right here. Apparently, animals can be tried for murder in Sudan. A sheep in South Sudan has been sentenced to three years in jail for murder. Oh, he! I thought it was going to be like he was fleecing people. <laughs> a financial crime. 
Was he Breaking Bad? You you already took the joke I was going to do at the end. Of course I did. Why did you do that? Come up with better jokes. Why'd you scoop me? The animal. He tried to pull the wool over the jury's eyes. But... <laughs> the animal headbutted 45-year-old Adu Chaping multiple times, resulting in her death. Police took then took the sheep into custody and re- have reported it will spend the next three years in a military camp. After, oh, so it's, it, it's got a sentence and then it's going to be released. After which it will be customarily given to the family of the victim. Major Elias... It Ma- sounds like they could just cut the three-year sentence out and give it to the family. It sounds like the family's going to cook and eat the, the sheep is what the story sounds like. He has to serve his time first. Right. He's got to pay his debt to Sudan society. <laughs> Major Eli Maybor explained that the owner is innocent and that the sheep is the only one who deserves to be arrested. The The owner of the sheep is not guilty, but the sheep is the one who bears the responsibility. The local court has also ruled that the owner of the animal will give five cows to the victim's family as additional compensation. You got to get a bride out of that or something, right? <laughs> like I, I don't know what the I don't know what the bride price is in the Sudan imagine, now, but five freaking cows. The cows have got to be saying, "What did I do? I didn't kill." Can anybody. we just settle this? I don't want to go to court. All right, you can give five cows. I want those five cows. <laughs> imagine if we had to pay things like that these days. I'm like, I have three cats for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I Joanna was in a fender bender and it was her fault, so she's got to pay up in cats. In cats. She has one penny to give because <laughs> <laughs> she has a cat named Penny. Yeah. See, that's a good joke right there. That was, that's that's a good see, joke. Yeah, that, if it's a good joke, I can't spoil it. Yeah. But when it's low hanging fruit, come on. You know he has to. Uh-huh. And with the news, Anika. Nice. Oh, that was fun, but we've got to come back to reality, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Just pretending there for a few minutes and you forget your troubles and you forget the big story that's going on. Breaking bad. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Let's let's keep that warm feeling. Uh, We'll come back. We'll hear from uh, Governor Abbott. Had some comments yesterday after the shooting in Uvalde. Uh, We've... We've got to talk about this uh, some, and more information is coming out. Uh, Big story of the day. Uh, 21 people uh, confirmed dead in a shooting at Uvalde Elementary School. About uh, an hour's drive west of San Antonio is where Uvalde is. Matthew McConaughey was born in in Uvalde, and he released a statement. Oh, yeah. the version of Matthew McConaughey's statement that they ran on Fox News. You remember when McConaughey was thinking about running for governor? I said, do you even know like, what he is? Is he a liberal? Is he conservative? Is he a moderate? Is he a Republican, Democrat, right. independent? I know Nobody he likes knows. Lincolns. <laughs> He's from the party of well, Lincoln. he came out in favor of what you hear sometimes bandied about as common sense gun laws. And usually what they mean by that is we're not going to ban and we're not going to confiscate your guns, but we're going to take background checks seriously, or we're going to have a national database. We're going to take that kind of stuff. So uh, for a lot of people, the answer to the question, what is Matthew McConaughey about politically? Uh, Communist, you know, he said that he's in favor of uh, doing background checks on guns. So I feel like he's lost a lot of the base that he might have had just because people don't know. It's like Matthew McConaughey 
was a, is an empty vessel, and everybody was just pouring their ideology into what they imagined mm-hmm. it would be like if he ran right. for governor. You know, it's just like, well, whatever you're for, that's what you imagine Matthew McConaughey. And I had said, you know, he's not going to be quite so popular. He's not going to be leading. The, at one point, he was leading both Abbott and Beto in the polls. And it's like, well, that's because he hasn't taken a position on anything. <laughs> yeah. Nobody he's knows what he is. Whatever yeah, no. you want it to be. He, he can be whatever you want to be, but then he's he did the come out and the say, V-I-N. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll get uh, back to the show and uh, hear comments from Governor Abbott, from President Biden, from Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr. Had a lot to say yesterday, so we'll get to some of that. More of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Let's get a look at El Paso weather brought to you by Wet n' Wild Water World. We are going to see it get warmer as the week goes on, but no rain in the forecast. I think that's the big thing to know. doesn't show any rain in the forecast. As the Memorial Day weekend gets closer and closer, sunny today, and 90 for the high temperature. We're going to get lucky with the winds. It doesn't look like it's going to be windy until Sunday. Uh, 97 Thursday, sunshine 102 on Friday. If we hit that 102, that'll be the warmest day of the year so far. And then for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, your Memorial Day weekend, looking at highs hovering around or maybe just over 100 degrees for the weekend. Well, if you're looking for the perfect place to entertain the family this summer, Wet n' Wild's the best place for any celebration. Relax under all the shade trees, bring your own food to throw on a barbecue grill, and enjoy all the great water rides with the entire family. Season tickets are on sale now for only $59.99, available at any area Circle K or online at wetwild.com. That's wetwild.com. Some of the uh, information might be outdated. I know that the the fatality count went up. They they had taken people to the hospital, and some of those people didn't make it. Uh, The shooter, 18-year-old former Uvalde High student, Shot his grandmother first, and that's another one that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. His grandmother apparently survived the shooting, but is in, you know, very serious condition. The story is updating all the time. An 18-year-old gunman killed at least 19 kids and two adults. That's the most recent accurate count that we have. In an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, yesterday. Uvalde is about 80 miles west of San Antonio. It's a population of about 15,000, largely uh, Hispanic uh, population in Uvalde. It happened at Robb Elementary School at 10.32 a.m. El Paso time. Uh, The shooter was wearing body armor during the massacre, and it's coming out now. All the shooting was in one classroom, so the police were on or near the scene when he arrived at the elementary school, and he barricaded himself in one specific classroom. Really? Engaged police. Two police were hit, but their uh, wounds were not described as life-threatening, but it's sounding like the 18-year-old gunman, uh, all the damage was done in in that one classroom. At least that's the latest reports that we're getting out. 
wearing body or armor. He was eventually shot and killed by law enforcement. They say that the uh, it was a border patrol agent actually, mm-hmm. while exchanging uh, gunfire with officers. I thought did, did you say it was the border patrol special? It's like a special ops unit, I guess, of border patrol. I'm kind well, of they have two different ones. They have something called BORTAC and BORSTAR. BORSTAR is their search and rescue team. Their special operations search and rescue, and BORTAC is their tactical one. The exact timeline is still being pieced together, but the shooter shot his grandmother. She's in critical condition, but the last we checked, still alive. Then crashed his truck through a barrier at the school. So keep that in mind as everybody's talking about, well, we need you know bigger fences or we need more. He just drove. He, he drove through a barrier, whatever that barrier was, and went in and started the rampage. Our law enforcement sources are saying that he had a handgun, an AR-15 assault weapon, and a high, and high-capacity magazines. When, when they say a high-capacity magazine, what are you, what are you imagining? I, one that has extra bullets in it. 30, 30? 40, 50, okay. sometimes. No, I wouldn't expect that many. A former classmate said that the shooter had texted him photos of the AR-15 in a bag full of ammo days before the attack. Again, red flags. That sounds like a legitimate red flag. Yeah, seriously. A social media account that belonged to the gunman showed him teasing the carnage. I don't know what that means. I'm just reading from the report here. And his Instagram account was mostly selfies, photos of guns, or selfies with guns. To me, those are red flags. If you got an 18-year-old and his entire world revolves around guns and ammunition, a Texas state senator said the shooter turned 18 just days ago and purchased two assault rifles on his 18th birthday. He says that he got that information from Texas Rangers uh, who shared that information with him. This is now the second deadliest school shooting massacre in U.S. history, second only to Sandy Hook, which happened in 2012. In that shooting, 26 people were killed. 20 of the victims were kids between 6 and 7. God. Well, this is uh, ripping the Band-Aid off the long-simmering gun debate. It's not like the gun debate ever goes away, but it takes something like this to really bring it to the surface with some politicians demanding that we act and, you know, either enact new laws or at least get tough about background checks and some of the existing laws that we have. Mm -hmm. Coincidentally, the National Rifle Association, purely coincidentally, is set to hold its annual conference in Houston starting Friday. So in two days, the NRA is having their annual meeting in Houston. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is expected to appear. I was just reading they are banning guns at it. No guns will be allowed. That has been their policy at their annual conference because, you know, they usually have them in places where, yeah, at at most NRA conferences, they have a ban on guns. That's interesting. Texas Senator Ted Cruz is scheduled to be at the NRA, the National Rifle Association meeting at former President Trump. Additional speakers scheduled include Texas Rep. Dan Crenshaw and South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. No Democrats, obviously, are scheduled to speak at the NRA conference. 
if you're thinking, well, they'll cancel that, I I think there was a couple of years ago the NRA convention coincided another shooting had happened just days before and they went they went full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. Like that didn't dissuade them from May, maybe this isn't the right time or maybe it's not in good taste. Uh, we're going to grab you some audio coming up in just a few minutes. Iggy. Hi, Iggy. Hey, what's up, Buzz? What's going on, Iggy? Hey, man, you know what? The, uh, every time this happens, the school shooting stuff, uh, they talk about, oh, gun control. And sometimes they talk about these kids being hopped up on meds. But no one talks about Some of these kids do it for clout, man. Some of these kids do it to be infamous, you know? What if, what if what, like, with this cat, the, 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 the shooting, what if you plaster their face all over media and... and like, give him a messed up nickname. Like, this kid looks like the wish version of Richard Ramirez, man. Mock him. You know what I'm saying? Put a picture of his face. Like, you know when someone pass out, they put, like, a penis and a turd on their face? Let's do that, man. You want to be infamous? That's the way you're going to go out. You're not going to get famous That's off this. Pretty, man. I think it's coming out. I mean, I, I get where you're going with this, but I think it's coming out that Somebody had told us that he'd already been bullied, so that's maybe what got him to that position. But it's not going to... I mean, he's dead. Most of these school shooters are deceased by the end of the day, and the ones that aren't, it's not like they, they get away. Like, there's never been a mass shooting where the where the gunman gets away with it, and they never solve the crime, I don't think. All right, we've got some uh, audio to share with you. And first up, I guess let's hear from uh, the president who talked yesterday about the uh, shooting in Uvalde, Texas. In the hours after the shooting unfolded, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, was uh, scheduled to speak at another event. He also addressed this uh, unfolding issue as it happened uh, yesterday. And here is Governor Abbott giving some of the details. President Biden has... uh, pledge to give Governor Abbott whatever federal support he needs uh, in this time of crisis. Here is a uh, another clip. This is a senator from Connecticut, Chris Murphy, and he represents uh, Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's been a big proponent of, uh, you know, enhanced gun safety laws, and he is a representative for the district where they had Sandy Hook, yeah. Yeah, so Senator Chris Murphy literally begged his colleagues to do something legislatively about this recurring tragedy that only happens in one country in the world. You notice nobody is really even suggesting, like, banning guns or going and taking away guns from people. if you give them an it's inch, like, they're going to take a mile. Like they, they, the left or the Democrats have given up on that idea of any kind of, you know, so what they're talking about are things like enhancing background searches, having a national, national database, back, yeah. uh, maybe a longer waiting period, making it so you can't go in on your 18th birthday and buy an, ass, an assault-style rifle. Which I, is what we're getting a report that this gunman did on his 18th birthday. I had no taking idea. red flags seriously when when they do pop up. Texas has no waiting period, so if it you know you turn 18 that day, you can go buy your your gun. You know, it's been a long time since I purchased a gun. I haven't purchased a gun in a while, but the the background check that they do is usually like a 10 minute. You know, mm-hmm. they go in and put it in a computer now or whatever. 
uh, President Biden demanded action on gun control. Uh, here is a call that came in on the neckline. Uh, makes a pretty good point. If you're upset about this enough to call into a radio station, call your senator, call your congressman, call your state legislature. I did it last night. It didn't take me more than 10 minutes to do those things. If you're saying that your voice doesn't matter, you're part of the problem. If you're upset and you're not doing anything about it because you think it's hopeless, you're part of the problem. Put your voice out there. All right? Everybody speak up. Tell the people that make the policy what they can do. Thanks, guys. Well, you know, I see that as, uh, you know, you got a couple choices. If you called your congressional representative, that's Veronica Escobar. I'm sure she's all for She's already on that train. She's already on that train. If you call you know, Ted Cruz? If you call Ted Cruz, you're not going to get anywhere. And from the perspective of John Cornyn or Ted Cruz or Mitch McConnell, even if they wanted to do something, here's the way the math plays out. All right, I come out in favor of even moderate gun legislation, even what they call common sense gun legislation. Time well, to primary I'm gonna, you. I'm going to get voted out. It's the voters that are as responsible as the politicians. I mean, think about it. If you're in the position of Ted Cruz or Mitch McConnell or really anybody in the Republican Party, if you come out with anything that even has a whiff of anti-gun legislation, you're done. In mm -hmm. Texas, in Florida, in South Carolina, you can't take that position as a Republican. You're You're finished. So they don't because they figure, hey, they'll just replace me with somebody else who's going to do. So it's, it's not fair to put it all on the politicians. Yeah, they could do something, but they know what the voters in their district or in their state, what their response would be. They'd get shut down. Uh, let's hear another call off the neckline. We've got some pretty good calls. Uh, well, I don't know about good because I haven't heard them, but we've got a lot. But. Yeah, because um, your studio line is, is uh, obviously busy this morning. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to, you know, get my point of view out there, being someone um, that has sold firearms um, for a local uh, sporting goods store here in New Mexico. Um, I still remember um, when everything happened um, at Walmart and, uh, that day was busier than Black Friday, you know, and you had people coming in um, that have never owned a firearm before, a handgun, and, um, you know, buying whatever they could, you know. Uh, we basically almost sold out of, of handguns, but it was really alarming, um, you know, people with no training, no experience, and they were just scared. So, um, but my point is being someone that um, has uh, sold firearms and, gone through, you know, the ATF process, um, you know, uh, the ATF 4473 is, is the form that they fill out. Um, you know, here in New Mexico too, there is no waiting period. So it takes as long, um, as the paperwork, um, goes through. So usually when a person comes in and buys a firearm, um, it goes through NICS. Um, and then, um, you know, depending on the system, it can come back, you know, instantaneously. So as long as the the paperwork takes to uh, process. So from the yeah, what did I say? Like ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, ten minutes from a sporting goods store or a gun show. It's even shorter than that. The time a person, let's say, walks up to a gun counter, 
um, chooses the firearm they want, starts the, the paperwork, um, they can be in and out of the store in, you know, 20 minutes. So, um, my, my, uh, opinion on this matter, you know, I've been around guns my entire life. I have, you know, supported the second amendment, but, um, I do understand that in this day and age, things aren't, you know, how they, they used to be. Um, my dad, for example, living in a very r- rural community back in the fifties was able to bring a 22 to school, you know, and shoot cans and stuff. Obviously that, that, that doesn't happen today, but, um, my advice on this is at least, um, yeah, there needs to be some universal gra- uh, background check. And, um, you know, this is coming from, from a person that sold them. Um, they need to make it more like buying a suppressor. So if you look into the law on that or an SBR rifle, which is just a short barrel rifle, um, you have to go through an extensive background check. Um, takes, you know, sometimes over a, a little over a year. Um, oh, wow, yeah. You know, they're... Sometimes it, it can take as little as a few months, but if you want a gun bad enough, um, I think that, you know, they should go through that. So process of that is you have to pay a tax and additionally, um, on, on top of the firearm. So if you wanted to buy like a silencer or a suppressor or an SBR, you have to apply, uh, apply, I believe it's an ATF form nine. And then it comes back as an ATF form four when you get approved. Um, then you have, you, and you have to submit this $200 tax before I'm just listening, and this is a good call. This guy's saying that he worked at a sporting goods store and sold guns, and a bunch of people came in after Walmart, August 3rd. If you ran on that, what that guy's saying, it sounds like a pretty reasonable guy, right? Yeah. If you are if you run as a Republican in Texas, you're going to get creamed. Even saying something like that, we ought to make it a little more difficult so that an 18-year-old can't go in on his 18th birthday. You're just you're just going to get manhandled when the election comes around. Guns shouldn't be easy to buy. Uh, many people would disagree with you. What? They would say anything that makes it harder to get a gun is an infringement on their constitutional rights in the Second Amendment. You would you would just find people to disagree, and guess what? That shows up in the polls. If it seems like when Republicans after this, almost like somebody. Ha- has something on them or is holding something over their head. Mm-hmm. They are. It's called the gun lobby. And if the gun lobby were to turn on Ted Cruz or John Cornyn or Mitch McConnell, they're done. They'd be finished. They're done. So you can blame the gun lobby, but you could also blame the voters. Or even um, they'll look at it. So then you got to go through this lengthy background check. Um, I think for, you know, any AR-15 even handgun, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I think that's necessary. Um, you know, make make it harder to get guns. You know, if you really want one, I'm not saying people should, you know, don't have the right to have them, um, but make it harder. And uh, I mean, even that, you've got millions and millions of Americans who would point to that guy as a crazy anti-gun, a gun-grabbing liberal. But doesn't that make sense? If you really, really, really want a gun... Then you would be willing to go through this process. Yeah. I can remember when you got a concealed handgun, you had to go take a class. Yeah. You know, sometimes two classes. Sometimes you'd have to go in and sit in a a meeting room for three hours, and then you'd have to come back the following Saturday and go to a gun range. Well, that's all off the board. We've gotten rid of more gun laws in Texas in the past year. Uh, All right. 
Let's take a break. Joanna has entertainment news. Believe it or not, <laughs> there's entertainment news going on. <laughs> Joanna, yeah. are you going to be able to explain to me what's going on with Seth Green? I was hoping one of you would be able to explain S- it to me. Scott Evil's NFTs. Dude, I'm just reporting it to you. <laughs> I don't know whether I, I believe somebody, can, somebody stole Seth Green's NFTs or not. Uh, All right, let's take a break. We'll have more coming up, more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Joanna's got our entertainment news break. It will be a nice break from the uh, tragic news of today and yesterday. We gave away our uh, Chihuahuas tickets for today, but we're going to have some more to give away tomorrow. Everybody interested in that two-night stay downtown? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they told us uh, we got like a, a staycation package to stay at Hotel Indigo, which is, I've been there, but I've never stayed there, and it's super nice. Mm-hmm. They got one of these really cool rooftop bars and pools. An and infinity pool. It's not really an infinity pool, but it, it looks, looks like, like it. it. Joanna wrote an article last week <laughs> about the best rooftop bars in El Paso, and it, Hotel mm-hmm. Indigo was definitely one of those. It is. Before we uh, get into new, well, this is kind of entertainment related. Matthew McConaughey, who was born in Uvalde, Texas, uh, put out a statement. You know, it was it was just last year that McConaughey was teasing that he was possibly going to run for governor, and I think God, everybody was that just a year ago already? he was leading Abbott and Beto. In some the of the polls, polls yeah. they were doing, but that was because nobody knew, you know, what he really stood for. You know, you figure he's, he's conservative. Prob- I think he's liberal. Uh, here's what Matthew McConaughey said yesterday. Once again, we have tragically proven that we are failing to be responsible for the rights our freedoms grant us. What is it that we truly value? How do we repair the problem? What small sacrifices can we individually take today? to preserve a healthier and safer nation. We have to rearrange our values and find a common ground above this devastating American reality that has tragically become our children's issues. He called it an epidemic we can control, adding that whatever way people lean politically, we all know we can do better. Action must be taken so that no parent has to experience what the parents in Uvalde and the others before them have endured. McConaughey has said he supports the Second Amendment, but believes in common-sense gun laws. Common-sense gun laws are those gun laws that you think you and everybody you know would agree on, but there are definitely people out there who vote who do not agree with them. Mm Mm-hmm. He's called for a ban on assault-style weapons. That's a big one right there. If you're like, hey, I don't think you should be able to buy an AR-15. Or that was basically Beto's position. Right. You know. Or they got him in a lot of water. Hot water. Uh, I like what that Well, he called said. for, they were going to come and take your ARs. Yeah. McConaughey's saying a ban. I don't think he's recommending any kind of confiscation. But who knows? I mean, I, I really don't know what what the guy stands for, but you're finding out a little bit here. But what that caller just said, just making things a little bit harder or take a little bit longer, yeah. that makes sense for an AR. 
you know, if you have to wait you know, six months to get your AR, why, why would you need your AR tomorrow? I know I had to take my, the first time I got a driver's license, I had to take that test two times because the first time yeah, I failed, failed it. it. Well, you can't drive a car. It was a, a lot easier for me to get a car Why can't than I drive a car? Because you might kill license. somebody if you're not licensed. Well, as much as I would love to think so, I don't think our little radio show is going to solve this problem and come up with the solution that everybody can join hands and sing Kumbaya on. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to come out of this show. I don't know that it's going to come out of them. Anywhere. It just seems like something we're stuck on. Yeah, how tragic is that? This doesn't happen in Germany. This doesn't happen in England mm-hmm. or France. Not like this. And not as often. It's a an American problem. It's as American as apple pie. And I think we all know the pattern. You know, people, uh, elected officials on the right are going to tell everybody, hey, let's not have a knee-jerk reaction. Let's let, you know, cool down. Let's let's calm mm-hmm. down. And then everybody calms Good. down and kind of forgets about it. It gets backburnered. The Kardashians do something. So we all start talking about that. And then we just wait for it all to happen. Again. Right. It's a cycle. Yeah, it's a, it's a tragic cycle, but I don't know if it's one that... I hate to say that Americans can't do anything because we put men on the moon. You know? Yeah. We won With world pencils. wars. Yeah, we put people on the moon in a tin can yeah. with a big firecracker attached to it. I'd like to think Americans can do anything, but the Might more the this happens, this is like the one thing that whatever, uh, whether we're cursed or, or what, it's one thing that we're not able to deal with, it seems like. I wish we would. Let's get to entertainment news. Joanna Barba is going to tell us all about Scott Evil's NFTs. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. <laughs> I don't know if that's your lead story or not. You just do the entertainment the way you had it planned. I'm going to okay? get to it yeah. in a moment here. It's fine. But first, CBS pulled Tuesday night's season four finale of FBI in light of the shooting at the school in Uvalde. The episode had been pulled due to the fact that the storyline concerned a school shooting. Uh, I, I, th- I read that it didn't involve a school shooting, but it involved like a teenager involved in a bank heist, and they thought that was close enough. So the official synopsis reads, as the team investigates a deadly robbery that garnered a collection of automatic weapons for the killers, they discover one of the perps is a classmate of Jubal's son who was reluctant to cooperate with the case. FBI instead aired a repeat in the finale's place, and a new air date for the finale has yet to be determined. Have you seen uh, the This Is Us series finale yet? No! Well, let me tell you what happens. What happened? Oh, yeah, well, I forgot I mean, you they don't... all kind of die already. They all died already. I don't know what's going on. Oh, doesn't care I'm like not he knew. Ready. I'm not ready to see it yet. I'm not but ready you don't really it. care about spoilers either. No, right? I don't. But it's more because of a. Because I had to read. It's more of a. If you watch it, that means it's over. Yeah. And exactly. you don't want it to be over. I don't want it to well, be I over. I'm not this. ready to say goodbye to the Pearsons. <laughs> Are they the Pearsons? Yes. Okay. Is the black guy related to all the white people oh in that God, show? Oh my God. It would be so much simpler if you just watched it. If you just it. watched He's the first adopted. episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, he's a good actor. He's Mandy great. Morris's mom. Mandy Morris. Mandy mom. Moore is the black dude's mom. Yeah. Sterling, yes. something Sterling, right? Sterling Brown, I think. Well, he's great. He is great. But Mandy Moore he's is Randall. not old enough to be his mother. Okay. Oh, is she like the mother back in the seventies? Yeah. Yes, but she's still the mom. And then was they it his? Like was effects. it? Was it her husband oh, who had the widow maker? So, yes, this would be so much simpler if you watched it. You're making this much more frustrating of an experience. I know. Well, I'm not going to do that. Just catch me up. Okay. Give me the so, Wikipedia. 
The, they're <laughs> twins. They're all twins. Yeah. What? They're all. <laughs> Who? What? Who's Who's Sterling Brown's twin? He's adopted. He's adopted, but he's t- like he was born the same day the other two were born. Mm-hmm. That's and like her, an umbrella academy. She type had. Of she was pregnant like. with triplets too, but one of them died. Mm-hmm. And so the doctor was like, "Look, this baby was born today, also, and he needs a home too." So they took him in and they adopted him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mandy Moore has a big. Heart. Mandy Moore and Milo Ventimiglia mm-hmm. were the parents. And Milo Ventimiglia is the is one. Is the one who died with the Widowmaker. Mandy Moore revealed, I'm just reading this, that they started shooting the series finale three years ago. Oh, my God. Because the kid actors were growing up too fast. Yeah, So they had to film it all of three Those years ago. Those kids are great. Pre-pandemic. Think about that for a second. They filmed the season, the series finale of This Is Us before the pandemic Yeah, that's started. really interesting. <laughs> Love okay. that show, and I'm not ready to say goodbye. And now you're all caught up. Okay, I feel like I don't need to watch it now. You're welcome. Rita Moreno is ready to get fast and furious as it was announced Tuesday that the Oscar-winning actress is joining the highly anticipated Fast X. Vin Diesel shared the news on his Instagram page. The EGOT-winning actress will play Dominic Toretto's grandmother. The Moreno news comes weeks after Louis Leterrier was named the new director of the film, replacing Justin Lin, who abruptly left the job just days into shooting. Fast X hits theaters on May 19th of 2023. Tommy Chong will be back as Leo in Netflix's upcoming That 90s Show. All right. Oh, hey, Leo. <laughs> Leo's back. Hey, man. God, he's hey, going to be like 110. <laughs> <laughs> Chong revealed he will reprise his role during an interview on The Dark Mark Show and mentioned that he didn't he did his part, but they didn't give him any directions on whether he could talk about it or not. But shortly after he released the news, Netflix did confirm it. Chong joins several original That 70s Show cast members who are on board for the follow-up series, including Kurt Woodsmith and Deborah Jo Rupp, who will be starring as Red and Kitty Foreman. Topher Grace, Laura Prepon, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, and Wilmer Valderrama will also be back in guest roles. And finally, if someone could explain this... Seth Green was developing a new series called White House Ta- White Horse Tavern. Unfortunately, that show is now on hold because the lead character got kidnapped. Kind of. Yeah. Seth bought one of those bored ape NFTs named Fred Simeon, and he was developing the show around that animated character. But just days before Fred was supposed to make his world debut, someone stole him and three of Seth's other NFTs in a phishing scam. At least two of them, including Fred Simeon, have already been sold to new owners. What? And Seth is trying to work it out with the new owner. He's trying to communicate Wait a minute. to Did work the- it out. What? The NFT, which doesn't actually exist, but you have to pay real money for it. It, kind it of does. Exists. Somebody stole that. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let's break it down. It does. It does exist. Okay. If somebody stole the Mona Lisa and sold it to somebody else, you wouldn't have to negotiate with the person they sold it to, right? Okay. So the way that these uh, board NFTs are definitely a scam. Right? Okay. So they're, <laughs> these board ape yacht club. Uh, these images were created, about 10,000 of them. Okay, just to be clear, off. they're not what? real what are you, apes. Wait, what right? are you saying F off to? Hold just on. that this is a real thing. But, this, Nico, this sounds so ridiculous. This has got to be a joke, right? I'm going to sound like an idiot. They're not real apes, though, right? No, they're not real apes. They're just uh, these, like, anime, like somebody... All the, I kept reading was bored ape. Wait, and are they like, even pictures of real yeah, apes? They're, they're no, up. not of real apes. It's animated. Pull up, I mean, you don't have a link to the story? Yeah, on Buzzfeed. Okay, so 
So these these were all created by uh, the by Yuga Labs or the Board Ape Yacht Club. There's ten thousand of them. They all have a serial number number nine zero five one. He bought one of those. He bought one of the board ones, one of the monster apes, and one doodle. Um, so the most the cheapest board ape right now is one hundred ninety four thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, that's oh the God. cheapest one you can buy. Now I'm gonna say golf. So <laughs> ten thousand of these have already been. Sold, the cheapest one right now is one hundred ninety-four thousand. So he was caught in this scam where, like, they put up a fake link to a, a fake website and they get you to airdrop something with. It's a fake phishing. Website. It's called phishing, yes. And it basically got his him to transfer ownership of all of these to somebody else. That person turned around and sold them to somebody else. Two of them have only been sold. One of the, the now the one that he so when you own the NFT, you own the image of it. You can do whatever so, you want with the image. You can make a cartoon out of the image. And he was going to make a cartoon with out of the all image. of this intellectual property from it. Yes, and now yeah, he but can't. it's the cost of a brand new Rolls Royce. Yeah, but that's the cost of owning the intellectual property of the character. You, you, unless you go to the wrong website and then somebody else ends up with well, your ape. Then you transferred it. Yeah. So right now he's uh, trying to to barter with the person who bought it. His name's Darkwing84, and he says the art was stolen. A buyer who purchased stolen art with real money and refuses to return it is not legally entitled to exploitation usage of the underlying IP. It'll go to court, but I prefer to meet at Darkwing84 before that. Seems like we have a lot in common. <laughs> what? Are, are you following, Gina? No. No. He, uh, okay, he, he bought this NFT. Somebody which is, stole okay, let, let's think of it as this. Let's say you hired somebody to animate a character for the new Joanna TV show. All right, and you had this character, all the rights to it online. Okay. Somebody just stole Seth Green's character who, who made it for him, essentially. Okay. <laughs> like a character he paid for. Somebody stole it. It doesn't even sound like there's any scarcity. If they made 10,000 of That's these... That's the scarcity. There's only 10,000. There's only 10,000 of them? That's not scarce at all. There's 7 billion people in the world. Also, somebody can just steal it from you if you go to the wrong website? <laughs> well, this you, does not sound uh, like a sound you, financial buzz, plan buzz to me. To, your, all your money could be taken if you went to the wrong website. <laughs> does Seth Green even have... Two hundred thousand dollar NFT cash laying around. Yes. Yeah, he's pretty. He has a big production company. Okay. Well, Seth is trying to communicate with Fred's new owner to work this out, but it hasn't happened yet. It may go to court, and when that does, that's going to be weird. That will be weird because I don't know if they've actually tested the legality of NFTs yet, and like the ownership. Interesting, you bring that up. This continue. <laughs> what is that? Buzz Weasel. Yeah, that's him. Like kind of. <laughs> He's like being snarkily laughing. An intellectual property attorney says NFT copyright law. You may not Shut even us. own the thing. For $200,000 or $194,000, you and may not even legally own the thing. Dude, and then it could get stolen from you. <laughs> yeah, this all does sound yeah, stupid. This stupid. Very, very stupid. With your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. We've uh, just got a few minutes to wrap up as I've been notified. Uh, we're coming up on the end of the show. There's a, one of our calls I wanted to play. You know, I'd said before, if this plays out the way that every other school shooting in the last 25 years has, 
it's going to be a pattern. You're going to say a lot of people on the Democratic side saying, all right, we got to get serious. we got to start enforcing some of these laws that already exist. And we also ought to make it harder for certain people or maybe all people to get an AR-15, which mm-hmm. is the weapon of choice for most of these school shootings. But if you called your senator, either Ted Cruz or John Cornyn, you could you could call them night and day, but until people actually start voting, that those Republican senators aren't going to change their mind on any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Cruz, I, as far as I know, they're still having the NRA convention in Houston on Friday, and Cruz is spe- scheduled to speak there. There's one place you don't get up and say, you know what? Maybe the AR-15s aren't a good idea. We shouldn't let 18-year-olds walk in on their 18th birthday and buy one of these things. Mm-hmm. Hey, good morning. Uh, you know, I wanted to reach out today and, and uh, give my point of view. I know, um, you know, I keep hearing uh, that, uh, you know, senators are worried about losing votes if if they come out for you know, gun reform laws and, and that sort of thing. Well, I mean, I can tell you I am a registered Republican, but I am sick and tired of these mass shootings happening. It's it's time people wake up and realize that something has to change. As a registered Republican, I support new laws making it harder for people to get weapons uh, there needs to be some background check. Uh, I, I also, I I don't believe there's a reason for anyone to be carrying military-style uh, weapons unless you're in the military. I mean, quite honestly, I've heard people's argument about, uh, you know, well, if they take away our AR-15s, you know, the government's going to come and, and, and you know, they're going to control us. I mean, honestly, <laughs> the military has the firepower to take over if they honestly wanted right. to. Your AR-15 ain't going to do a, a, a thing. So, uh, again, as a registered Republican, um, I, I do support uh, new laws. And um, I'm also tired of us versus them mentality and, 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 and you know, Democrats, Republicans, no middle ground. Ridiculous. Uh, you know, uh, no, this is for another day, but, I, you know, we need to bring back the fairness doctrine that was... Uh, removed back under Ronald Reagan um, back in the 80s. But um, that's my point of view, and um, I just hope as a nation we we come together and and find a way to work this out. Enough is enough. Well, what it's going to take is so that when a a person who identifies as Republican or registered Republican says something like that, that it's not a remarkable thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if the electorate were to go in that position and say, "Yeah, I don't think, I don't think uh, AR-15s are a, a thing that everybody needs to have access to," well, your politicians are going to respond to it. You won't even have to vote them out if the if the voters made it clear that that's where America is right now. You wouldn't even have to change the politicians. The politicians mm-hmm. would change. That's what they're worried about. What's the uh, latest from Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? Can you summarize it for me? Uh, Kate Moss is testifying today, or already testified today, that Johnny Depp never pushed her down a flight of stairs. This is all there was some kind of story that he had pushed her down a flight of stairs. There were rumors, and I, I picture her going down like a feather. 
She's kind of like, because she, she only weighed like 48 pounds. So there will be more testimony by uh, hopefully Johnny Depp today. That's what they think. Johnny Depp might get back up there yep. and testify. All right. Very good. Have a great one, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have some more tickets for uh, Chihuahua's baseball. And we appreciate you listening. Thank you for sticking uh, with us through this difficult day. Uh, Jack White tickets this week. Got some of those on the way. So be listening throughout the day today and tomorrow and possibly Friday. Four tickets to see Jack White. He performs this Friday at the El Paso County Coliseum. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Stay safe. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning.